Season. Who the hell takes a third game in a preseason like it's bull? We played them in the third game. Everybody played three quarters. The Bears are who we thought they were. That's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. All right. Thank you for listening. Joining and growing the ESDC podcast network where the purpose of the podcast is to make me money. I say that because we're focused on being authentic, transparent. You get every pick before all the games over and under. And we've been lucky, uh, fortunate and good to be 65% NFL last two years in a row, 68% college football. What does that mean? That means 500% ROI each year. That's Wall Street bets, uh, numbers. Uh, that means that over the last two years, if you use all the picks, you would have made 10 times more money than what you started out with. But give a man a fish, you feed him for a day. Teach a man a fish, you feed him for a lifetime. So what we do is we teach business and financial concepts that you can use to invest, to evaluate businesses, to look at life through another lens. So. Every single business meeting has to have a purpose and an outcome. Every podcast is a business meeting. So the purpose, you know, the outcome, you know, 10 times more money, right? But I tell this to my clients. I tell this to myself. I tell this to my wife who's not bought gasoline without betting money since 2011 or an expensive dress or purse because it makes her feel better to use the betting money. The betting money always goes first. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to use it, right? You know, instead of you using a mistress and that Bitcoin card you have. So if you are the toughest, smartest person in the room, you are in the wrong room. So very, very <laughs> fortunate that we have uh, three guys here who are tougher, smarter than I am. In the case of Chad Nolan, he might be faster than I am. <laughs> <laughs> he's 27 yards of catch in the arena league so he is pretty fast to get downfield that fast he catches the ball too he makes the play too he finishes we got uh jim country right scott cove and chad Noll. so we'll go around the horn what do you guys think so far before we jump in to the nfc i think it's gonna be you know everybody's saying tampa bay but you know, right below Tampa Bay is going to be wide open. Washington's going to be good. Green Bay is going to be good, depending on could be Rogers' last ride with Adams. Right. Um, you know, that NFC West is going to be really interesting to see who comes out of there, who, you know, who makes the playoffs in there. So there's a lot of interesting things in the NFC right now. Right. And it's going to be a longer season, right? I'm getting used to that smaller uh, preseason. And uh, and went to the Rams camp, and it's amazing uh, when you pay attention to the fact you have one mouth in two years, 
how much information you get from those hardcore fans going to preseason camp. They know their football. And there was a lot of football to me, you know, and I got lucky. It's always better to be lucky than good. I went outside, and uh, my wife was late. I was mad at my wife, right? I was screaming. She's supposed to pick me up at this time. She's late. And in comes with a bunch of, I th- it must have been Super Bowl rings. The uh, two people, it was kind of weird, right? Because one person that I saw waiting for a lift, he goes in, he gets a bag. It's Jack Del Rio, the defensive coordinator of the Washington Redskins. So you say, okay, this is the July. What is Jack Del Rio doing at Rams camp in Irvine, California? But I'm old enough not to ask any questions. <laughs> Jack Del Rio was nice and polite. And then behind Jack Del Rio comes the defensive line coach of the of your uh, LA Rams. And we had a really good conversation that we'll share as the podcast moves along. Uh, we'll go Jim then Chad with the opening remarks. You know, I'm really anxious to see how the 49ers come out this year. Kyle Shanahan, the last time he had a mobile quarterback, and assuming Trey Lance gets in, it was RG3. And I remember 2012, Alfred Morris had a great season with the mobile quarterback. And I remember a poor receiving core led by Pierre Garçon, players running wide open downfield. And if Lance is in there, he'll have Ayuk. He'll have Samuel, and he'll have Kittle, and that running game, it is going to be fun. Looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah. he he uh, can't argue with him. He's gotten to a couple of Super Bowls, but he feels he can win uh, with the running game and save money on the quarterback, really. He feels he can win without a uh, quarterback because his uh, running game is so very – you never know what's happening. Whatever defense you line up on, it's wrong because he can switch mm-hmm. out to a, to a different running play. Chad Nola. Disciple of the podcast, I want you to share with the audience how many losing weeks you've had since you started listening to the podcast. <laughs> the methods. Never. And the NFL never had a losing week. Probably, uh, you know, right around 50% break even is probably the worst week I've ever had. Um, but I would say. And that's actually break even for me. You know, I'll start on Twitter kind of doing it because value, what value is in business. I got two MBAs, I have clients 50 million and up. What value is in business, it's, a, it's an algebraic equation, right? Psychological factors plus functional factors divided by time and money. So if you had a great time and you break even, I, I call that a winning week. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I remember the first time I, I really broke it down when I changed, you know, to the arbitrage of, of betting all the games and all the right. overrunners and diversifying, you know, my portfolio per se, Um you know, I, I the, one of the first weeks I did that, you know, I was listening to all your picks, you know, and I was trying to go through and, uh, you know, I think I, I think I faded you on like four or five picks <laughs> and, and you were right on every one of them. And I'm like, what the <laughs> man? How did he do that? So, yeah. And then no, uh, no, NF- it, NFC yeah, wise, um, yeah, the 49ers, um, I mean, they were all out at Speed City uh, in Irvine, California this year in the off season. Um Ayuk, Debo Samuel. Uh, we had uh, Richie James Jr. Who, who gets in there for them quite a bit. Uh, one of my my good friends, River Craycraft, uh, got some playing time towards the end of the year. Uh, think think he's gonna squeeze in there on that fifty three man roster. Man, solid receiver out of Washington State. Trey Lance was out there getting the speed work in. Great athlete. So yeah, I mean they're they're yeah, gonna to be Jim's point. They're gonna be exciting, um, exciting to watch for sure. I think they're gonna be able to make a little splash and compete. Uh, I'm kind of interested to see Green Bay and how, you know, like 
I feel like every year there's some Aaron Rodgers controversy. Like, oh, he's going to Denver. He's going here. Oh, he's, he's, he's didn't going to Jeopardy. Show, he didn't show up to camp. Oh, he's coming to the first game. You know, so it's like, is, is he just going to be able to do that every year and go, you know, 14-2? I'm curious. PR. Yeah. Uh, another team, you know, uh, the Saints, man. You know, Sean Payton is just an amazing coach, right? I mean, Hall of Fame coach. He's been – you know, a winning coach for for so long now. You know, Drew Brees is finally gone. You know, how does he adapt in this situation? You know, Jameis looked all right against Jacksonville. You know, Jacksonville in the preseason. Taysom Hill brings a nice little dynamic. Um, so that that that's kind of a team. I'm really I'm really curious to see how how they compete and how you know that kind of coach adapts. You know, they got you know Alvin Kamara. They got you know they got weapons out there. So that's about that's my preview. That's all I got for it. Right, and what people can expect, this is multi-layered, right? Uh, you know, securities licenses. Every game we pick it like a, like you pick a stock or an investment. And Chad brought in very important business concepts, really stock picking concepts that are put in the episode notes. And arbitrage, right? And it's funny because arbitrage. I was studying for a securities license test, and arbitrage comes up, and I'm studying it, and I'm thinking, oh, this is how you pick NFL games. <laughs> I got a big test going, but uh, it's marketing inefficiencies, right? And you hear it on CNBC, Bloomberg, uh, the fight between technical analysis and fundamental analysis and marketing inefficiencies. People have gotten rich taking advantage of marketing inefficiencies. People have gotten rich using fundamental analysis. People have not gotten rich using technical analysis. People have gotten rich selling technical analysis. Included in that is the owner of your Carolina Panthers. So it's, it's multi-layered. Uh, you're going to learn how to invest. You're going to learn a lot. The math included, because it's just not picking the game, who and what, when, where. It's, it's, it's corporate governance. It's uh, pattern recognition, right? So it's a lot of math. 50% of it is math. Uh, I am the president of the Orange County, California Diversity Council. So this pop, people get diversity wrong. They think it's uh, race, gender, disability. Uh, diversity is what we have here. You have two guys who primarily are, are fantasy. You have me who's in sports betting, kind of math, kind of the cultural issues of it. Uh, and then you got Chad who's sports betting, but he's an actual player. The guy has 27 yards of catch. <laughs> he's working out with the guys. Uh, Scott, myself, and Jim are old. Chad is young. <laughs> so uh, I'm, uh, Chad and I are in the West Coast. Jim's in the Midwest. And Scott's in the Northeast. We have regional. And believe me, I, uh, I remember living in Boston, dating a girl from Tufts University, man. I had a great time in Boston. All those colleges, I was young, all those girls on the team. I remember picking up the paper and in the front page, all this intellectual, all this intellectuality, Wellesley, you know, Hillary Clinton, all this intellectual view. And I pick up the Boston Globe and on the front page is uh, Bill Parcells. (laughs) 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 So so we're brain, I hate to say it, but we're brainwashed depending on what type of, uh, what region of the country you're in. They pick certain type of news. And us being able to collaborate, we can go way off the charts. So the first team we're going to talk about, and uh, we'll go uh, Jim, Scott, then uh, Chad, is your Washington Redskins. Uh, Quarterback situation, 
It'll be very interesting. Again, as far as from a sports betting concept, uh, Ron Rivera has made me a lot of money, second half lines and unders. It's because it's coaching philosophy. They could get some turners, be blowing somebody out. You know they're going to run into death the second half. And you're, wait, you're waiting for uh, the clock to go down to putting your, your under bet and your uh, bet the other team bet on uh, the Washington Redskins. Uh, I've added it to my business life. Wait for other people to make mistakes instead of you making mistakes yourself. He has some monsters on defense, right? Uh, the guy from Notre Dame who got his uh, knee, correct? Jack Del Rio, uh, you know, surprise sighting. Uh, Jack Dorfield, but he's a decent coordinator, former head coach who took a team to a championship. He's been in the NFL forever, but he looks young. He looks young in person. Wow. So that's my thoughts right there on the Washington Redskins. What do you think, Jim? So I'm very excited to talk about this team, and I think this is really going to help yourself in the gambling contingent going for the early season. First of all, I want to point out some things defensively. They had a young defensive line last year, but it was already showing signs of dominance. We got Chase Young on the left end, Montez went on the right end, Deron Payne at right tackle, and Jonathan Allen at left tackle. It is a phenomenal line, and even a rotational. They bring in Matt Ioannidis, who's a great pass rusher. But here's the thing. Not talked about a lot in the offseason. Although their cornerback play was good with Kendall Fuller and Jimmy Moreland, they signed William Jackson from the Cincinnati Bengals. Now he's been on and off, but a lot of it was scheme-based. He right. is going to come in here and you see there's, there's one thing in the NFL. It's about the pass. You either can rush the passer or cover, but if you could do both, your corners don't cover as long. Now your corners are better because of the pass rush. This defense is going to potentially be lights out because of the pressure and the coverage. Now we move to the offensive side of the ball and I won't go crazy talking too long here, but the offensive line was rated per sports info solutions as above average. It still should be in that range. However, Ryan Fitzpatrick's a player I want to talk about. Right. There is a narrative that, that was 10 years running on him. First 10 years of his career, he never exceeded 63% completion rate. Now, in the last three years, he's had a 66 and a 68 the multi-interception games were very low. When it happened, they were trailing big or they played an elite defense like the Patriots who were loaded one year. Now, with the Washington football team, this defense is not going to put them in many holes. Fitzpatrick's yeah. not going to have to go YOLO because that's what causes him problems. They bring in Curtis Samuel to add speed with Terry McLaurin. They have Logan Thomas. They have Antonio Gibson. And one last factor I want to put in to help. The offensive coordinator is Scott Turner. Now, he had worked with Cam Newton a few years ago, and Newton was similar to Fitzpatrick in that they had very low completion rates. He got at that time a career year by like 3% completion out of Newton. This offense is going to be tailor-made for Fitzpatrick. The weapons they have are going to be amazing, and that defense is going to be off the charts. This is going to be a team that you could probably capitalize on lines early in the year. I'm done. <laughs> 100%, right? And when I think of Ron Rivera, Scott, there's a lot of nepotism going on here. Uh, Bruce Allen, the general manager, his dad was George Allen. Scott Turner, his dad is Norv Turner. And Norv Turner and Ron Rivera almost got the Chargers into a low-budget team into the Super Bowl one year. They should have, they should have actually. They just blew it. Uh, 
salesmen think short term. Businessmen and women think long term. Higher uh, higher level thinking is long term thinking, and Scott Turner thinks long term. He's setting up plays in the first half to have big plays in the second half, and then Fitzpatrick, he's played what all these years in the NFL. Uh, you can't throw a defense at him. He can't read. His job is to get them in the wrong, you know, hand the ball for it, not throw any interceptions, and get them in the right play. What are your thoughts, Scott, on the Washington Redskins? Well, I think Rivera has the team he wants to have. Right. I think, you know, getting Samuel was the was the big thing. It was the worst kept secret in, in free agency this year. You knew he was going there. Right. Um, you know, their defense is gonna is gonna shut teams down. Their offense is is really really good in coming on and getting and is young. I mean, Gibson's a young player, McLaurin's a young player, Fitzpatrick's a veteran. But as Jim said, he's gotten better and better in the last two or three years in terms of getting the ball where it needs to be, hitting the open receiver. Um, so looking around, their win total is over under is eight and a half. Got to go over on that. Right. I, I think they're going to win 10, 11 ball games this year at the least minimum. So I think their offense could put 25, 27, 31 up on the board when they have to. Their defense is really, really good, can put pressure on the passer and can cover in the secondary. So right. they have, they're, they're a sneaky team in the NFC in terms of making it a deep run in the postseason. And if they stay games. away from injuries. Guess they went in 16. Yeah. Yeah. You're looking at a possible semifinal in the NFC to maybe a, a, NFC championship team this year. I like them a lot this year. I do yeah, too. Yeah, go ahead, I, agree. I agree. I think um, Washington's got to be the favorite to win that NFC East. Um, right. And I think that eight and a half win, it's got to be over, especially playing that division. I mean, they're having, you know, that's six games there, which are all, you know, they're probably, they could win five or six of those easily. Um, yeah. Fitz magic, man. I, I, you know, he's he's done some good stuff. It's exciting to see him, uh, you know, getting this opportunity at this point in his career. And those young receivers are exciting. Um, you know, add in um, – who's the receiver they picked up? You guys – Curtis Samuel. Brown? Oh, Curtis Samuel. Yeah, Curtis Samuel's big. Because uh, McLaurin, man, I, I love McLaurin. I thought he's like a legit number one. Um, so, get, getting that extra help and with Gibson, um, yeah, I mean, that – you know, it's, it's, you know, you can't just key, you know, sometimes if there's only, they only got one guy, you can shut that down, but they got off some extra weapons. And like you said about that defense, man, that young D line, they're getting after it. They're going to be, be an exciting team. They have a very high ceiling. So. Yeah. They're, they're plus 220 to win the NCEs. Oh, the Cowboys fantastic. are plus 30, 135. We'll get to the Cowboys because <laughs> what I've learned about training camp and lucky that my wife's a psychotherapist is body language and details. You can tell a lot. And hard knocks, there's some details going on there. And let's see the win totals for your Washington Redskins. But we'll get a, hey, our first consensus uh, pick for the NFL podcast. Those, I love the consensus picks because you got everybody's opinion and you got uh, the average of the two, right? Uh, so first consensus, your Washington Redskins over 8.5? Over. Yep. 17. Okay. All right, over. Yeah, we'll post these on Twitter. Very exciting. Very exciting. Next thing we'll look at are the New York Giants. And one thing I look at, right, is uh, you make the most money having the most emotional control. 
Clark Judge last year, right? A lot of Belichick's guys don't do good after they get out of the, the kingdom. Uh, Clark Judge, whatever his name is, he uh, not only does he get in a fight with an assistant coach in the middle of the season, uh, usually when coaches, coaches fight all the time, uh, Belichick has boxing gloves. He's getting mad, he's in boxing gloves, and go fight. I don't care if I'm close to 70. The problem is that after he gets in a fight with him, he loses the fight and then fires again. They, they never do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Jason Garrett, and you never hire a former uh, head coach as a coordinator because officially they get fired because usually when the ownership of Virginia gets fired, right, they have supposed to literally say, okay, who can we hire? You got him right there, the Billy, Jason Garrett, Harvard graduate, uh, <laughs> former head coach. So, that's what I feel about uh, the Giants, one of the Giants wide receivers, as luck would have it, to run sprints and stairs at the local high school three uh, miles away. <laughs> I got some information from him about Clark Judge. And I'll leave it at that. Uh, what do you think, Jim? So, you know, I love what you mentioned, Jason Garrett. The Giants got to see him fail twice a year <laughs> when they played them, and they hired him. That right. was the job interview, right? Twice right. a year for X amount of years, and they hired him. Oh, my right. gosh. Anyway, so the biggest concern. Well, the Meyer, the, they say the Meyer family doesn't want to pay the extra cost for playoff games. <laughs> ah, there you have it, they've, they've got a plan. <laughs> That's awesome. So the biggest problem the Giants are going to have is offensively. That offensive line really was not addressed in the offseason. It was very porous. And the problem is Daniel Jones is a terrible second reaction quarterback. So when you get pressure on him and that first read is gummed up, he doesn't have much ability to get to the second read. And we already have the fact that Kenny Galladay, who actually came into the league a little bit older so he's getting closer to 30 and he's missed most of camp with hamstring issues well there's no chemistry being developed between Jones and that number one receiver Galladay and we know Saquon is struggling with injuries and I want to point out with Saquon Barkley and I understand the athletic skill set is through the roof but Warren Sharp pointed out going into last season when Barkley was healthy that against both seven and eight man fronts Barkley was well over one yard per carry less than the league average. He still bounces to the outside a little too much. Right. And so overall, the lack of offensive line, the lack of Barkley being a sustaining runner is going to put them in too many passing situations, which is going to put more pressure on Jones. Right. And we certainly don't want Mike Glennon in the game. So I do think, <laughs> defense, right? <laughs> I do think the defense has a piece. Their cornerback crew is quite good with James Bradbury and a Dory Jackson was in a bad system for him in Tennessee. But in the defensive line with Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams, they could do some damage here. But I, overall, I think the Giants are going to struggle because that offensive line, that's going to be an albatross for them. Right, right. And that was the first Chicago joke. Uh, Jim, are you a uh, Bears fan? Uh, they're one of 32. I'm an equal <laughs> fan of all 32 teams. You're yes. just in Chicago, right? Get forced. Yes, no home field advantage here. <laughs> Listen, it's whoever's on your fantasy team that you're a fan of, not the team. Exactly. So. Yes. What is that, Scott? I agree with Jim. I just think their offense is in for a rough, rough year. Um, Galladay, even if he st- if he plays week one, how how much is he going to play? First of all, and how how much chemistry is he going to have in that offense? Barkley, nobody knows. 
he may start off slow and then and then get a full workload week four, week five. So it's Devontae Booker for the for 50-50 in the first three weeks. I don't want that. Right. And Garrett, Jason Garrett is is not a great offensive coordinator. So I, I don't see the Giants winning more than four or five games this year. They're gonna the defense is gonna have to hold teams to 14 points or less to have a chance to win games. And that, and right. that's that's a lot asking the defense to do that. Yes. So right. And remember the NFL changed legally, they changed their designation from sports to entertainment. So usually NFL teams have four built-in wins. Doesn't mean they're gonna win four games. It means they're gonna cover for us about four times. Now with that 17 game season, I can see a team win five or six games with a never normally win four to five. You know, and what the other thing about uh, the Giants is they're a family-owned team. Family-owned teams are very cheap for the most part. Mar- uh, the Mara family is a dynasty family. Uh, Rooney Mara, she gets Hollywood roles just because of her last name. So they're notorious for not having depth. And I'm half joking. I have super rich clients who, who, uh, uh, when uh, the Glazers came to my restaurant, Malcolm Grazer comes up to me, doesn't say hi or anything. He says, uh, you look like the owner. Remember to count every spoon and every fork. This guy's a billionaire telling me that. So it's just the, the philosophy. And I'm half joking that, because when you go to the playoffs, guy like Kraft, right? He likes spending money. He has a 20-year-old wife. He'll go to a playoff, win a Super Bowl. I don't care. You only live once. You've never seen a Brinks truck in a funeral procession, right? That's crap. <laughs> Mara, there's extra cost involved for being in the playoffs. You, 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 it's a losing proposition. So, uh, and from the horse's mouth, I've heard uh, direct evidence owners talk about that. They, they want to stay to the principles that made them rich, reducing costs, not going to the playoffs, and not having those extra travel costs. Uh, Atlanta, the guy who owns Home Depot, right? He was the only owner besides Kraft when Atlanta played New England in the Super Bowl that uh, paid for the front office to go up to all the playoff games in the Super Bowl. So you have to mitigate that in certain teams, especially teams that, uh, you know, Jim's describing that to to a T, right? (laughs) Oh, this guy's never made it to the playoffs. Yeah, that's what we want. He's going to make us money. <laughs> and that's why they hired Dave Gettleman as the GM. Now it makes sense. They want to lose. 100%. 100%. <laughs> Remember, in, in the Giants, they're in, they're in the first TV market, and their tickets, I mean, their tickets, uh, people are like, I don't care about the money. This court date's about the tickets, the season tickets the Giants game. So they they have sold out. They probably have, I think, one hundred and twenty thousand people on the waiting list for giant season tickets. So they really, from a financial standpoint, do from a money financial standpoint, it does not make sense for the Giants to go to the playoffs. And they haven't been to the playoffs in a long time. Those are facts, right? Everybody can have their own opinion. <laughs> facts are facts. Where I mean, the other at? thing is. The Giants okay, don't okay. have a the Giants don't have a clear plan as to what they want to do or what right. they what they're doing. They right. threw 18 million a year basically at Galladay, and he hasn't played a, basically a snap in the preseason at right. all or in practice. 
So that's well, eighteen million that's going to go down the drain for this year, at least for them. And last it, time, last time I saw a wide receivers coach suddenly become the head coach, it was Richard Williamson, Tampa Bay, nineteen eighty nine, where my friend, <laughs> I knew something was up because my friend worked at a high end golf course, middle of summer. Uh, it was ninety eight degrees outside, hundred percent humidity. He's like, hey, I want you to help me be the assistant caddy. I'm like, what's up? It was because Hugh Culverhouse was playing golf with Buddy Ryan. <laughs> and he knew that Hugh Culverhouse, uh, his tax attorney, was not going to tip. So he's going to be walking around breaking out and not getting any tip. He's like, I'll split you with Buddy Ryan. Buddy Ryan, this is 1989, gave us a $3,000 cash. I can't believe this man had that much cash on him. $3,000 cash tip in 1989. But it was from the bounties, man. <laughs> <laughs> Probably was. <laughs> Hugh Coverhouse gives me his business card. He's like, son, I'm not going to tip, you know, a Southern. Son, I'm not going to tip you. But here's my number. Call me anytime if you want to know anything about taxes or business. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, me being me, right? You guys know what I'm asking. I'm like, Do, are you losing a perk? And he didn't directly answer me. He started talking about the per capita income of the people in Tampa Bay, which was like 13000 So you recently go to the playoffs just to get season tickets the next year. He's like, these Tampa Bay people can't afford season tickets. So when Buddy Ryan didn't work out, he probably told him the plan about losing. Buddy Ryan was out of here. He hired Wishon Williamson, the wide receivers coach, to be the head coach. What a joke that was. And Clark Judge... Again, history repeats itself. Family-owned club. The wide receivers coach is only the head coach. Chad, what are your thoughts on those New York Giants? Yeah, so I'll keep it short and sweet. I think you guys got most of it. Um, yeah, I, I think the O-line being where it's at, they're going to be super inconsistent. I do think depth-wise and receiver-wise, they might have one of the best receiving cores like in the, in the whole league. Um, my boy John Ross, we can't forget about John oh, Ross, that's the right. fastest Steve. player. Yep. I mean, I trained with him this offseason. I mean, this dude is is he's the fastest guy in the NFL hands down. He brings a whole new level. So they're gonna be exciting. I think if Saquon get healthy and that receiving core is healthy, um, I think they'll have the potential to have some big games offensively, but with the O line, they'll have no consistency. Um and and that defense, I, I think they're gonna be a pretty good unders team. I think if you look for good under spots with them, big time last uh, year. You can be pretty yeah, – I mean, the last year, too, I mean, they, the underspots were, were money. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's about all I got. Yeah, because Garrett's a former head coach, so he's big on protecting the defense. That means, you know, running clock and keeping the defense fresh. Yeah. The over-under seven, right? That's, t- that's tight. All right? That's, that's a tight seven. What do you guys think of seven? I leave the under – I mean, they're just going to be so inconsistent this year. And that's their win total seven. That's the win total seven. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. That, that seems, yeah, that's a, that seems a little high. Yeah. I I'm, I'm looking at five or six wins at the most for them. They're in a division with Dallas and Washington is, I mean, how can you have yeah, Washington at eight and a half and, and the giants at seven? That doesn't seven. make sense. I know it doesn't. It doesn't. Now, let me ask you this, right. And fun. I'll ask you guys this question. I'll thrill you. In fundamental analysis, and I'll put it on the uh, I'll put it on the episode notes. In fundamental analysis, five tenets. One of the tenets is corporate governance. Uh, is it a coaching mismatch? Uh, because Ron Rivera said 
great manager. He's a hands-off guy. So Scott Turner runs the office. Jack Del Rio, former head coach, uh, runs the defense. Is it a coaching mismatch? Ron Rivera and his team versus Clark Judge and his team. Yeah, probably so. Is it coaching so. mismatch? Yeah. And you got to look at coaching mismatch. I made as much on coaching mismatches as anything else. You know, you go you know, Pete Carroll against the guy who's going to get fired. Yeah. Exactly. Now, when you're looking at betting Giants games, when you have when you have opponents with weak pass rushes, I think their offense can really flourish in those games. And with their above, you know, slightly above right. average defense in theory, those are games that they can score enough points to actually win, or if getting points, covering. So those are things to look for, especially poor pass rushes when that line isn't going to have to perform. And look at the NFL putting its hands on things, right? If there's a game where the Giants are playing someone, the Giants are coming off a bye. And the other team just played last Monday night or something. On a short week, the, the NFL is close enough that the Giants either going to win that game or cover. I look at the Tampa Bay Thursday night at Chicago, right? That was a, a situational game where Chicago covered and went out, right? Yep. And that was an easy game to pick because uh, Bruce Arians was complaining about the schedule uh, in preseason. He, said, he's, he literally said – Basically, I think he was talking to sports better. He was like, we're not going to be ready to play certain games in the season. <laughs> what does that mean, right? <laughs> I'm like, oh, let me research those games. Oh, you guys are coming Thursday night, and Chicago's coming off a bye. Extra time to prepare. Oh, yeah. Got an old quarterback. He has to travel to the cold of Chicago. All right. So, a very interesting team to me is – Howie Roseman. Howie Roseman is a very, very interesting guy. We all worked with a Howie Roseman in our lives. The guy who works his way up to the top. But there's something off about this guy. Has a lot of success. It then taints. A little bit depressed. But it's always good friends with the owner, Jeffrey Lurie, who made his money in the city of Boston with uh, with uh, very interesting. I would, I would research this. But the cover story is that he uh, started a theater chain in Boston, which Portnoy actually worked in. Well, Jeffrey Lurie is the hands-off, hands-on uh, owner of the Philadelphia Eagles. And they've gone full-on analytics. They have a really young coaching staff. And none of them, no one on the Philadelphia Eagles coaching staff that studied has ever accomplished anything of significance other than interviewing well and getting high paid jobs. So there's, there's a big difference. Most people get promoted to the level of incompetence. There's a big difference between being a great interviewer and actually being a really good leader. Now, uh, one thing that intrigues me about this podcast big time because Scott and Jim, very successful fantasy guys. And from what I'm gathering, analytics works in fantasy. Now, analytics does not work in football. So that's a very – and in sports, baby. Key statistics do. Math does. Uh, statistical concepts work. But actual analytics does not work. And, again, it's uh, good to be lucky and good. I happen to have a client with a math degree from uh, MIT. Now, like uh, Jason Garrett – and Daniel Jones, or whatever his name is, one graduated from Duke, the other one from Harvard. 
when you graduate from an Ivy League school, you never tell people how much money you make because the second year dropout from Arizona State might be making three times as money as you are. Harvard <laughs> <Our laughs> degree doesn't, doesn't mean anything, all right? But she has a math degree from MIT, a doctorate. She gets hired by the St. Louis Cardinals. She is the analytics consultant, runs the analytics department, and has branched out and ended up working for the Houston Astros and the Dodgers, who won a lot lately. She told me she does not take NFL clients because from a pure mathematical and probability theory standpoint, there's actually, she actually did the research. There's 66 people that can determine one football. Because you have, you know, 22 people on the field. You have backups that can come in. Uh, the analogy I use is uh, O'Brien in the AFC championship game up by 26 points on, on, on the Chiefs. <laughs> and uh, the, the, the punter decides to take off with the ball for God knows what reason and completely messed up that play. So that's why analytics does not work in sports betting and football, but I think it does work in fantasy. Uh, what do you think, uh, Jim and uh, Scott? Yeah, 100% analytics works because basically one of the main analytics really just – putting it down to the lowest levels is manipulating box counts and teams that have smart coaching staffs that know they can run two tight ends, getting right. heavy personnel in lightning the secondary Matt LaFleur is one of many who make great um, impact by throwing the ball against heavy fronts. The Packers run more two tight end sets than we'd like to believe. But then on the other hand, when they'll go three receivers, they'll run the ball. So there are a number of teams that do that. There are, for some unknown reason, there are many teams that still don't understand how this works. But yes, so analytics and fantasy football, we can pre predict success based on we know the defensive style that's coming into a game and how we know which coaches will manipulate box counts and utilize those to their advantage. Big time, big time. I'm actually talking. Uh, uh, he shouldn't listen to me because what do I know? But I'm trying to talk Chad Nolan to gain a little bit of weight. I'm becoming a tight end in the NFL because he can beat people. <laughs> we, we just set up the formation for Because, <laughs> you know, Chad has a mean streak, so he can crack down a block, right? So you can't just say it's going to be a passing play when it comes in. But when it is a passing play, he'll destroy whatever linebacker is trying to cover. Imagine a linebacker trying to cover Chad Nolan. <laughs> he, he, he's a lot bigger than uh, those little guys covering people in a slot, right? So I digress. What do you guys think about the Philadelphia Eagles? Not Where much. You to go? <laughs> no, not much. Um, I think they go south big time. It's gonna be a long year for them. The the, the receiving core is is not great. I mean, uh, Rager hopefully comes around. Um, I don't know what to do with Miles Sanders. Um, Miles Sanders should be getting a lot more carries than they are. They claim carry on Johnson. They cut him. Right. I don't know if that means Kenneth Gainwell is gonna get a lot more run than uh, than originally thought. Um, but for some reason, Sanders is, is, is almost non-existent in the passing game right now. Um, you know, their tight ends are going to be the focus of their offense. I think uh, Ertz and got it. Right. And Hertz, e Hertz easy is, throws for the young quarterback. Yeah. Hertz is going to target them a ton uh, over the middle of the field. So, um, you know, they're, they're over under six and a half. I, I'd have to say them and the giants are going to be fighting for for bought basement in the uh, NFC East. So I yeah. go on with them for sure. What do you think, Chad? You know, 
Go ahead, Chad. Um, actually, Jim, you go ahead. I'll, I'll follow up after you. Okay. So one thing with the Eagles is they always had a nasty front seven. They could completely shut you down in that area. But the linebacking unit has degraded quite a bit. I'm not impressed at all with their linebacking unit. They've lost good players. Now, up front, they're still solid. you got Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham, Derek Barnett, even Javon Hargrave, who they had brought earlier over from the Steelers. they got a good front four. Ryan Kerrigan and Josh Sweat kind of rotate in. But I'm concerned with their cornerback play. Darius Slay's been on and off, but he's getting near the end part of his career. So he's not quite the coverage stud he was. And on the other end, now they got Steven Nelson, and I'm not really excited about Avante Maddox. So overall, I think they're going to give up a lot of passing yards. I think the, the defensive line is good, but I don't think they're dominant enough to put consistent pressure on the better offenses. And then when they're on offense, man, and I'm sure we're going to get something from Chad. And I'm going to want to hear this. Jalen Hurts is like 223. He's not just fast, but the dude is yeah, he's seriously yeah. sizable for a quarterback. Yeah, Go ahead. I want to hear what you say about him, Chad. You know, I mean, I I, re I really like him. I think um, he brings a, a a good element. You know, I you know that last game of the season last year where they pulled him out and they brought in a third string guy and uh, were they playing the no the Giants needed them to win. They, they were, were playing, playing Washington. I think. They were playing Washington. Yeah, that you know when Jalen Hurts was going to win that game, that was a, just a crazy way to end. I mean, I never seen anything like that. Just like blowing the game like that. Um, but yeah, I mean Jalen Hurts. I mean, he's a tailback back there. I mean, you got to come to tackle him. You, you ain't going to come in with an arm tackle and sweep his legs and trip him up. I mean, that dude's running through that. So, um, he definitely brings an exciting element. You know, they got Devontae Smith, too, on that offense um, from Alabama, you know, which, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see how he can do. Um, you know, I think Jalen's a really good game manager. I think he's going to do the best he can with what he's got there. I mean, that, you know, the defense is going to give up points. Um but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of just excited to see see how he does. I think he can. I think he can. Uh, I think he's gonna have a good year. Um, but yeah, what, what's what's up with Devontae? What's your question? Yeah, so Chad, I am very concerned. I want you to help figure this out for me. Devontae Smith's 165 pounds. There are yeah. very few receivers ever to do any type of significant damage to that size. Marvin Harrison may have been the outlier. And usually yeah. with an outlier, we don't see them coming. Nobody saw Ty Tyreek Hill coming to be what he was. Nobody saw Harrison to be that. We're betting, in my opinion, for a 165-pound guy to be dominant, we're betting on him to be an outlier. And yeah. I want to know what you think about him because this has really been bugging me. Yeah, so, yeah, the size is definitely um, – well, he's six foot, right? They got him six foot, one six. I will tell you exactly in a second, Get come up uh six foot even yeah six foot even. yeah so you know he he's got some length to him um it it doesn't what what the weight scares me about is not his productivity when he's out there it's is he going to be able to stay out there now he seems to be very elusive um now there's an art form and a style to not taking hard hits you know the deshaun jackson to being a deep threat to protecting yourself um, you know, using that athleticism to make sure you don't get smacked by that Sean Taylor safety in the middle um, that's there to knock you out and break a collarbone, dislocate a shoulder. So if he's able, I, I think he, the way he runs routes and the way he gets open and the, what he did at Alabama at that high level in the SEC, he seems to understand um, how to, you know, he, he's running routes. He's a great route runner. He has great vertical speed. He's not just a fast guy. He's a complete receiver. He's, I mean, he's Jerry Judy with a four. Right, right. 
with the four two four three um, route running wise, the deceleration, it's all there. Four two. So if if he's able to, um, you know, not take those big hits and stay on the field, I think he's going to be immensely productive and be an elite receiver like we saw in college. It's just, you know, it, are those big boys safeties and those big right. heavy hit linebackers? Are they going to be able to catch him and get that shot on him, or is he going to be? Uh, elusive enough and, 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 you know, understanding how to fall and, and how to spin off it and, and protecting himself in that manner. So that's yeah. what it's going to come down to. Let me ask you this, Chad. Does, do wide receivers lose weight? What happens to your body as the season goes on? Because I know offensive linemen lose weight as the season goes on, especially teams from the South. Yeah, you know, you're, I think it's pretty standard. You're going to lose weight. Like every single NFL guy that I train with and talk to, they kind of are expecting to lose about five pounds, you know, anywhere from three to five pounds. So, you know, if they're going into camp at 195, they're expecting to play somewhere 192, 190. Um, that's pretty standard. Now, strength you can pretty much maintain. Um, you know, it only takes like two sets of 55% of your max reps to failure to maintain like 90% of your one rep max strength throughout the year. So, um, which is not the same with speed. Speed, you have to run. Speed will diminish within three to five days or three to seven days if you don't run. Wow. Um, but but one rep max strength you can maintain. So uh, the strength should be pretty maintainable. Um, obviously, like in season, you're not going to get the gains like you would in the offseason speed and strength-wise. So maintain strength. But, yeah, body weight will 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 drop a little bit. Um, maybe it might be a little less for a guy like Devontae Smith. He might be able to maintain because he's just so small and so low body fat. There's not much to lose there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm curious to, to I mean, I, he, I know he weighed in at 165 at the combine, right? Right. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I wonder if he, if he was able to put on, you know, because for him right now, five to 10 pounds, 170, 175 is going to go a long way for 18 week season. So, so um, do you see the oh, Eagles putting him in a, a weight program after this season in terms of getting him in the weight room? And I, mean, yeah, they should, I mean, they should have done that already. I mean, if, if yeah, yeah. If, I, if I was training Devonte Smith, that would be like, that would be like one of my main things. I would be like, all right, man, we're 165. We need to get you at 175. We need to focus on some mass, you know, maintaining strength, explosiveness, not neglecting that, but definitely going for like more hypertrophy and just trying to build a little bit more muscle mass, just a little more armor, you know, a little chest, shoulders, just, yep. Yep. Uh, you know, traps, just everything that's going to be taking those poundings, uh, you know, neck, a lot of neck stuff, just getting that. Yeah. So, I mean, they definitely should be, should be focusing on, you know, not crazy. I mean, it's not saying like get them up to 190, but you know, something like, you know, seven to 10 pounds, 172, 175, you know, five to 10 pounds. I mean, you don't think it, but you know, you go into where when you pick up a five pound dumbbell, you know, that shit's got a little, a little, when you're smacking in, it, it's got a little extra ump, you know, five to 10 pounds goes a long way, for, you know, you know, yep. leaning and, and, yep. and running into guys all year. So definitely. Great. All right. So the Philadelphia Eagles are 6.5. What do you guys think? I say that's borderline. That's borderline. I think six wins, maybe. Yeah. I agree with six wins. There's no inefficiency there to me. That's a perfect number. Yeah. And Scott Stitchin, I would disagree with Jim on this and Scott Stitchin. What I saw with him with uh, training camp uh, with Winston Hunt, Uh, Winston Hunt gets in a fight with a guy who's now the office coordinator in Detroit. Linda, right? Another family owned franchise. (laughs) <laughs> financial problems that suddenly the running backs coach at Buffalo that hadn't even made the playoffs that much with McDermott uh, suddenly he's a head coach. <laughs> yeah. 
Scott Stitchin uh, was fired. He was banned from calling plays at the University of Tulsa. And then he becomes an intern with the Chargers. And next thing you know, he's half of the coordinator. He's half of the coordinator for your Philadelphia Eagles. Another financial thing is that inflation is real. We all knew inflation was going to happen. We all knew the interest rates are going to go up. So I'm going to throw some real numbers. People say, oh, you win this much, right? You get paid. The sports betting, and I think fantasy is going to catch up and might even surpass it. Sports betting and fantasy are – fantasy will get there. Sports betting is already at $1 trillion, right? We look at all the financial stuff. That's how much money is in. I've gotten downloads on the podcast from Macau in China. And, and I researched it. They're printing on NFL games in China. All right. So it's a $1 trillion mark. That's why uh, Steve Wynn can uh, just write a check for uh, a sports book, start building the sports book before he passes the legislature. Right. Because uh, really, Steve Wynn is up to probably $100 billion that we know about. And a lot more in pipe money, as they say. All right. So and to think every state has not legalized sports gambling yet. So that that number is going to grow. Right, thirty-two states. Yeah. And Florida is supposed to come on board, but you know how things go. California, California has a huge surplus. So that's that's the only reason not. But California eventually will. But Vegas is right around the corner. So. I, I think uh, Philadelphia might be in Houston category, a total uh, tank job, right? So the other team in the East is your Dallas Cowboys. What do you guys think about them Cowboys? I love them. I love the Cowboys. Literally, it is love because money and dopamine and epinephrine are in the side. That's my love for the Cowboys. Inflated line central, uh, probably 65 70% bending against Dallas. Then watching the line go up with that. Now they're on hard knocks. And man, I see some really inflated uh, things. And I'll tell you why after you guys saw nine wins and their favorites win the uh, NFC East. Boy, America's team has that bias and it continues to grow to this day. Defensively, I just don't know how they get it done. Demarcus Lawrence doesn't have help on that line. Randy Gregory hasn't been reliable after all the suspensions and whatever fallout that took. So the pass rush is going to be great. And I know they're talking about Micah Parsons as a you know the linebacker being a pass rush guy. At his size, maybe I don't see it. And I don't know that you're running a four-three anyway. So how much are you blitzing your linebacker anyway? Right. If you're running a three-four, it's a different ball game. So even formationally, they're not going to be able to utilize that unless you want to blitz them up the middle but then they're going to compromise the rest of their defense and realistically a quarterback Trevon Diggs showed some good things as a rookie I am very excited about him but Jordan Lewis has been a little bit ordinary Anthony Brown nothing special there and then they bring over two Atlanta Falcons from their horrible defense Devontae Casey at free safety Keanu Neal middle linebacker and Dan Quinn well 
I don't think the defense is going to do much. I think they're going to be bottom feeders, and the offense is going to be in shootouts regularly, which is fun to watch. But we know that you can easily end up on the wrong side of shootouts when you're playing too many of them. And when they play a team like the Washington football team, that pass rush is really going to give them fits. I'm a little bit nervous about them. I think offensively we're going to see a lot of fireworks. But, again, I think that defense is going to be bad enough. They're going to have to be like almost perfect on offense to win against a balanced team. Yes. That number is that number is based on one man, Dak Prescott. Right. Because he's, he's coming hurt. back for a full season that they're going to go from what they were last year up to a, a division championship team that wins nine, possibly ten games. I'm with Jim. Their defense is really not great. Um, and their offense, yeah, they can put up 35, 40 points in, in a given week. But – if you're in a shootout like they were with Cleveland last year, Atlanta, all these teams, there's a possibility you lose those games. So that's a shaky, shaky win total. Um, and it's it's a – Washington's going to win that division, I think, by at least one game, possibly two. I just right. – I can't see Dallas winning that division. Right. Um, they, they're going to push for a seven seed in the playoffs, yeah. But – Well uh, – and then Chad can go out to me. I'd like to know Chad's thoughts and you guys' thoughts on this. When you watch Hard Knocks, the first scene of Hard Knocks, you look at corporate governance, right? And my wife's the expert in this, psychotherapist. But you, Jim, too, you're an expert in this as a school teacher. There's different kinds of intelligence. Somebody who's autistic can remember stuff, be brilliant. There's great technical guys, right? Uh, college football, there's great recruiters, phenomenal. Genius recruiters, but they're bad at X's and O's. They're guys who are great at X's and O's, bad recruiter. Nick Saban's good at both. Uh, I have a client who's a lot smarter than me. Um, I can't do what he does. I mean, very, very, very calm. It's That's him right there. <laughs> Call him. Now I have an excuse. I'm doing a podcast. That's why I'm not at your breaking call. <laughs> no matter how much money you're paying. So, that guy, he's a perfect example. Brilliant guy. Brilliant in all phases of the game. I mean, brilliant technical guy, brilliant, you know, at laws, brilliant at putting things together, derivatives and this and that. But I am the expert in picking socks. So he's like, Josh, what do you think about Tesla? He's been talking. That's what he's probably calling me right now about Tesla. Everything he's got about Tesla. And he says, like, Josh, I want uh, 50% of my portfolio in Tesla. I'm like, no, that's crazy. You like it a lot. I actually think legitimately the way things are right now, 5% of everybody's portfolio should be in sports betting because it's just the way it starts with alignment that the market is not as sophisticated as other markets. And it's a trillion dollar market. But he's like Tesla, Tesla. I mean, I'm going to put you 10% in Tesla, right? And then we're going to take off and then you're just going to have your money as a basis. So, pandemic hits, uh, Tesla crashes. He's calling, did you put me 50% in Tesla? I'm like, didn't you listen to the last time I told you? Did you listen to the email and the text? Because you got to do three, right? <laughs> it's like this. No, you're only 10% in Tesla and your profit's in the bank. Oh, thank you, Josh. You're great, great. Calls me back two months later. Josh, I put my percentage higher in Tesla down. I want you to put it at... You're not going to do 50%. Do 30. No, no, I'm not going to do 30. I'm going to do 
And then when it gets to a certain point, don't time the market. I don't have a crystal ball. I'm not a genie. All right. I'm going to take your profit, put it in there, and you're going to stay at your 10% because that's the way your portfolio works and you're a big tax mitigation guy. You don't want to pay tax. So this comes out in the news that uh, Elon Musk likes a lot of cocaine, likes uh, <laughs> psychedelics. Because, Josh, you didn't put it 30%. In no, I sent you an email. So long story short, Jerry Jones, right? It's interesting. Two billionaires were linebacker coaches in college. George Steinbrenner was the linebacker's coach, the famous Miami of Ohio coaching staff with Air Parsegian, uh, George Steinbrenner, and uh, Bo Schamblecker was a defensive coordinator. And Woody Hayes was the head coach. <laughs> Miami, Ohio, 1956. Now, 10 years fast forward, University of Arkansas, the linebackers coach was Jerry Jones, defensive line coach, Barry Switzer. Offensive lineman on that team, Jerry Jones. That's how they all know each other. So long story short, we're talking about corporate governance, different types of intelligence. Really, Jerry Jones, right place, right time. Arkansas alumni, big oil guys. He gets into the oil business. He's a phenomenal salesman, real estate guy. I used to live in Jerry Jones apartments in Austin, Texas. Solar power, 25 years ago. He's a brilliant businessman. He is a bad general manager. And he's an even worse defensive coordinator. The defensive coordinator, he's confirmed on uh, a hard knock. Defensive coordinator, Dallas Cowboys, is Jerry Jones. He brings in this big name, Dan Quinn, Nolan, defensive coordinator, but he is running the defense. Bonnie Kiffin, he's running that same zone defense of Broyles. Broyles said, if you have a running back that can get three first downs with his legs, got a good kicking game in the defense, you'll win 70% of the year. That's, he's, he hasn't changed. And that's Jerry Jones. So, first scene, uh, and I'll let, have you guys' opinion on this, because I thought it was very exciting. That's why I love going to training camp. Jerry Jones goes, listen, I'm a multi-billionaire. I can be anywhere I want. And then he starts crying, right? He starts crying and says, but I'm here with my team, right? That tells me they, they're not going to be that good this year. Under all the way, under nine. <laughs> oh, that doesn't give you the crew, yeah. <laughs> that, that might be the best totals bet on any team. Under nine, nine and a half. Under nine and a half. Right. Even if they can one. somehow pull out a nine, nine and seven, or I guess it'd be what, nine and eight this year. Huh? Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're, uh, it's like a billionaire trying to teach your, your class, uh, Jim. <laughs> Ah uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the overs for the Cowboys, I think that, that I think they're gonna be pretty good to the over. I right. think I think if you just blindly bet the over on the Cowboys, you'd probably be in front of the profit. Because McCarthy's know. an offensive coach, he doesn't mind getting into shootouts. Scott, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh everything's gotta go right for them to to get in the playoffs, even win ten games. Everything. Right. Their defense has to step it up exponentially. Um, I don't see any depth on that defense. That's why I don't think they can even yeah, If their offense plays like they were in the first three or four or five games, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. You know, C.D. Lamb is, is going to be a breakout star on that offense. Right. 
uh, Zeke has got to run the ball, has to run that ball. Um, if they don't, then teams can basically sit back and play against the pass. So Zeke's a key for them on offense for sure. Um, but it's defensive, defensive side of the ball. Jerry Jones just has his fingers in his hands and too many things on defense. And, you know, if they start off by giving up 35, 40 points every game, the first three or four, and their schedule is tough this year. I right. mean, their schedule's not easy, not an easy schedule. So, um, no, and, and he's still running that company, the real estate company. So he's running a real estate company. He's a defensive coordinator. He's a GM, right? And, and McCarthy has a mean streak in him. Uh, divorced guy. He got arrested for getting in a fight with a referee at his stepson's basketball game. I say that all corporate governance. He's going to end up getting a fight with Cedar Jones, the son. Who's really, I think, the head coach of the team, right? Uh, Jim, Jim, go one more thing to add. Yeah, one more thing to add. So in the preseason, I always watch formations. I want to see what teams are going to do. And right. we know Mike McCarthy is kind of stubborn with eleven personnel, but I did see them with their first. Um, set offense I saw them run some 12 personnel two tight ends and they were throwing out of that so they were dictating to box counts and so I'm hoping that they're allowing the offensive coordinator to do more of that because he has shown the ability to understand that and make that offense more explosive again passing against light secondaries and so hopefully that transitions over because if they come out just 11 personnel three receivers and they're just going to go bombs away on it the defensive backs are going to be on the field there are going to be breakdowns in the offense so hopefully they diversify it but that's something we'll want to watch when they come out for week one because if they're diversifying those sets they will be at least a little bit more dangerous on offense 100 agree and and that opening night game against tampa you definitely got to go the over on that game. That game is going to be an absolute shootout. Yeah. Between I agree. Two, two offensive sure. coaches. Two offensive coaches love playing the over. Uh, Tom Brady's the offensive coordinator for Tampa Bay. <laughs> 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 you got McCarthy, right? And uh, hey, salesmen think short term, businessmen and men think long term. Uh, those guys are long term thinkers. That's why they won the Super Bowl. They'll sacrifice early games in the season to hide things in their back pocket for a division game. All right, so that's your NFL East. That's a lot of money, man, just on the NFL East. Let's go to the north, your Minnesota Vikings. Uh, we'll go Scott, then Jim, then uh, Shad. What do you think um, of Minnesota Vikings, Scott? So the Vikings, um, Kirk Cousins was great down the stretch last year. Um, got a stud receiver in Jefferson. Um, and Thielen is going to probably regress but he's got that guy in the backfield, Dalvin Cook. And if he stays right. healthy, they, uh, they, Zimmer's plan is to run that ball over and over again. So um, their, their win total is, is around nine, nine and a half. Um, that's a good number. I, I would lean slightly on the, the under. Um, they're going to get around the, that win total. Um, the defense should be much approved. I, I would think Jim could talk about that more. Um, but they they should be their defense should be much much better than last year. Their defense was was not good last year, so. Right, I think COVID had a lot to do with it. Yeah, defense yeah, definitely, definitely. Jim, what are your thoughts on those? Well, they, like last them? year they also their personnel was completely gutted when they came into the season. I was telling people that would be one of the worst defenses we would see, and I almost felt bad because it was even worse than that the first four weeks of the year. But then strange thing happened. 
Mike Zimmer is a whiz defensive coach. That yeah. defense was playing closer to league average by the end of the season. Now, they bring in Bashad Breeland, the corner. They bring in Patrick Peterson, who I understand his best days are, are behind him. Right. But, however, the schemes that Zimmer runs, they'll be playing a lot of zone. Patrick Peterson, I think, is going to do very well in zone. I don't think he could be the full-time man against the alpha receiver anymore. But in zone, yes, I think that works. And in the front seven, j- just little things. Like Daniil Hunter still on the end, but they bring in Dalvin Tomlinson on the on the inside. He is a game record to some degree. He's not like to the level of the superstar, but he makes a big difference. So back to what Scott said, yes, they want to run the ball, and that's exactly what they're going to do because their defense, I believe, will be significant significantly improved based on the improvements from last year, the addition of personnel and some of those younger players getting another year of seasoning. So yes, absolutely agree that this will be a a lower scoring type of game. We're going to start to see those 20 to 17 Mike Zimmer games more than we've seen the last few years. And, And before Chad goes, the one name to watch this year, Irv Smith Jr. He could be really key in the red zone for them this year. So now, uh, it's illegal for me to talk about clients, but I got a lot of inside information about the Minnesota Vikings and maybe why that team was gutted. And I think there's a huge analogy. When you look at the corporate structure, this part of fundamental analysis, Zimmer did a great job with a notoriously cheap family team in the Cincinnati Bengals. So it doesn't matter who he has. He's kind of like a Marine guy. He's great. Uh, strategist right clint kubiak very interesting because uh i saw this little thing on on gary kubiak and i'm very impressed he's football guy through and through uh i didn't know this but he was the number one rated quarterback coming out of high school he ends up going to texas a&m uh rj slocum the son is a special teams coordinator making nine hundred thousand dollars for your USC Trojans, we were talking about him last night. A lot of nepotism here. They're like, oh, I can get a cheap coach for you. We can pay him bottom dollar, 20% market rate. My son. <laughs> Zimmer's son's on the staff. Gary Kubiak. Now, Gary Kubiak was funny, but Gary Kubiak was un- – he had a heart attack. And he had a heart attack uh, that 3-11 season with Houston, Texas. He had a heart attack on sidelines. Under coach's orders, he's not supposed to coach anymore. So what does he do? He sets up some military secret line with Zimmer and from his basement in Texas. He was calling plays. <laughs> the wife catches him in this man cave and says, enough with this charade. Why don't you just go to Minnesota with your buddy Zimmer? So he's been the de facto offensive coordinator. Literally, when COVID came up, nobody wanted to be the offensive coordinator for the price he comes in, right? And he becomes the office of court. Now his son is the office of court. So they, knew, they know how to do a lot with uh, last uh, Houston. He, the dad won a Super Bowl with, as a player with the Denver Broncos and as a, a head a coach for the Denver Broncos. That game, remember that game where Cam Newton uh, uh, didn't show toughness and went bent down to get a fumble? That was the game Kubiak won as a Super Bowl. Adam Zimmer is your defensive coordinator. Where do you make money based on the information I have, right? Decision science. We have the book back there. Decision science is used by the top 
force your 10 companies, right? Google, whoever, to make decisions, the process to make a decision. But the first part of it is common sense. You don't make a decision until you have as much information as possible, right? But sport baiting is great for business decision-making because when you're poor, you're poor, now middle class, you want to get upper middle class, you have to make decisions. Good decision. The worst, one of the worst moments as a business owner and scary moments as a business owner was when I had employees and I couldn't just go party in Miami. I had to read books all weekend so I could pay my employees next Friday, right? You have to make decisions without having all the information. I do not have all the information, Elon Musk. So you have to have as much information as possible in order to make a decision. But doing my research randomly with clients, with colleagues, they're feeding me information about the corporate structure and the ownership of the Minnesota Vikings. So based on all that information, I can say with a high level of certainty, Jim kind of confirmed it there, Minnesota is not going to have depth. So I'm looking at second half lines. I'm looking at them late in the season. Uh, the injury with Bard linebacker is exaggerated because the owner is not going to write a check for a backup linebacker. Don't write a check for a starting quarterback for PR reasons. Look good. But, man, he's not paying for an offensive coordinator. Nepotism is getting people's sons from the, club, from the country club to coach this team. So, Minnesota, I think they're going to have a legit, because he's a good eye for talent, Zimmer, uh, a legit uh, start 22. But once you get behind that 22nd person, uh, there's money to be made. What do you think, Chad? Yeah, I think guys, you guys pretty much covered it. But, yeah, I, I, I agree. I think. You know, I think their best possible season is is nine wins, ten wins, maybe squeak into a six or seven wild card. I can't see them being elite by any means. Um, and I'm not really big on Kirk Cousins. I, I, I just don't see him as a – I see him as a bottom half quarterback in the NFL. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's about all I got. I, I just – you guys hit it all. The defense, I think the Ziggy, like uh, Jim was saying, the Zimmer unders might be back in this year. Right, but we got, big time. We got to keep an eye on that on that depth all year because I mean a couple key injuries and those games could go over really quick. So Zimmer's a Marine, leaves no man behind. So he knows he doesn't have depth. So he wants to protect the defense, run clock. He's going to tell Clint. That's a problem too. Clint is a good Southernberg. He's not going to back talk Zimmer, the Marine. So when Zimmer tells him run the ball, son, he's going to run the ball. He's not going to say, "Damn it, damn it, I'm going to throw it." Right? No, he's going to run it. So look for a lot of unders. We're often did not. And like, would I be shocked for late season Minnesota Viking collapse? No, not at all. He doesn't want to play. The owner does not want to play the cost, travel cost for playoff games. Not Green Bay Packers. What do you guys think about Green Bay? I think Green Bay is very, very interesting. What do you think about Green Bay, Jim? So Green Bay, realistically, they got the whole package. First, it starts with the coach. And we know that Matt LaFleur, look, Aaron Rodgers only threw the ball 525 times last year. And yet he had 48 touchdowns, which is three fewer than he had the prior two seasons. This was all based on scheme. And LaFleur plays it like a fiddle. Sees what the defense gives them, takes that. They use play action. They don't use so much motion, but they use play action quite a bit. And it's very successful. Not just just have because Aaron Rodgers is great at it, but again, understanding box counts and defensive um, secondary players, they take 
full capitalization of them. Aaron Jones fits in well. The offensive line, look, they do lose center Corey Lindsley. We're a little concerned about that. Over the last couple of years, they have lost. Bulaga's been gone. There's some depth going, and I'm not quite sure the deep the offensive line is going to play to the elite level it has, but I don't think it has to. I think the way it's coached up, as long as they get slightly above average play, it'll be fine. Defensively, they mix and match a lot of players, and they were a little bit down last year, and it may have been a result of COVID, but they have mix and match players that could put a lot of pressure through different either blitz schemes or uh, different pressure combinations that they have players. They have Devondre Campbell come in. He's not great, but it helped with Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary, Zadarius Smith taking the lead. Those three bring it. And then Kenny Clark, the Packers run defense was down early last year, but he was playing hurt. When he got healthy down the stretch, they were no longer easy to run on. Jair Alexander shut down corner. They, they draft Eric Stokes. If he could give them something, as Kevin King didn't, this team can make the crazy repeat of nearly 13 wins. I agree. I agree. I agree. What do you think, Scott? I agree with everything Jim said. Um, they're the cream of the crop in that division, for sure. Um, who knows if this is Rogers last year, but if this is his last year, he's going to, he's going to go out in a blaze of glory. Um, Devonte Adams is on the last year of his contract. Rogers has already said he wants, he wants to get him paid. Right. So look for Devonte Adams to, to put up massive numbers this year. Uh, Aaron Jones is as consistent a running back as you get in the NFL um, in terms of running the ball. As Jim said, the offensive line could go down a little bit, um, but after him and A.J. Dillon, there's nothing in that backfield. So Aaron Jones is going to get a ton of work. Um, I see them repeating 13 wins this year. I, I definitely do. In that division, they, they may run the table for sure. Um, but like I said, that um, that little little factor in there is the Rodgers-Adams. Is this the last year they're playing in Green Bay? And if this it is, is the key. they want to go out well. And then Chad can go after me. Uh, Rodgers is like Ray John Rondo, right, who – 15 years in the NBA. The coach is intense, calling a play. They get to center court, and Rondo says, we're running something different. And it's interesting, Chip says, by using analytics, uh, Rodgers, Hall of Fame quarterback, won a Super Bowl. He did this many times. We saw him arguing with LaFleur. LaFleur called play, and Rodgers, I say, you know, F that, I'm running this. And Devontae Adams is down with him. That's his boy. And maybe the Shaq can talk to the just talk about dynamics because Shad faced it, right? He had a, a guy in college who wasn't as smart as we would hope he would be. It, it would tell Shad, hey, I know you can dominate this guy, but we're gonna run the play based on what the, <laughs> the defense dictates. So with Rogers, there's a lot of things going on, and he doesn't need the money. He does not need the money. He's more interested in being the host of Jeopardy. Right now, football is easy to him. <laughs> so that's going to be interesting. Now, when you manage people's money, you got decision science. My wife actually, as a psychotherapist, has taught me a lot on this. You have to look at the biases in your thinking and overestimating decisions based on emotion. That's why the number one rule of betting is you never bet your own team. So Green Bay has Green Bay and Chicago, right? Uh, Marcus Valdez Scantling and Rodney Adams. Both of them graduated from Lakewood High School, Florida, where I graduated from. And both graduated, I'm proud of them. 
that's why we don't have as many wins as we would like because we have a lot of academic hats <laughs> at USF. Uh, Marcus Yantley graduated from Lakewood and USF. And I remember uh, Marcus uh, Scantley's uh, dad playing uh, high school basketball with the team. He strategically uh, made it with, because they never got married, but they had Marcus Scantley. She was on the track team. She was fast. <laughs> he was on the basketball team. So you know these two people were going to have a pro athlete. That's Marcus Scantley. He's on the Green Bay. So I have to watch my Green Bay games. And I don't estimate, overestimate Green Bay. But that dynamic is very interesting. LaFleur, even though he's young, very smart guy, uh, he does those renaissance clinics where he goes with McVeigh to the middle of the Pacific Ocean. And he's talking about, oh, they're drawing offenses on, on a clipboard and fishing, right? They do that, and uh, they have dynamic offenses. And between both of them, they're making $10 million a year coaching offense. Even though he's making all that money, he gets vetoed by Rogers anytime he feels like. What are your thoughts on that whole Green Bay situation, Chad? Yeah, I mean, I think you guys got it. Um, you know, that dynamic between a quarterback and wide receiver, that can connection, chemistry, that, you know, screw, we don't even need any type of play. Man, <laughs> right, right, right. We got whatever. <laughs> so, hike. You know, that that really goes a long way, when, especially when you got a receiver as good as Devontae and a quarterback like Rodgers, that defense is going to be solid for them. I mean, competition-wise, I mean, that, that division is going to be one of the weakest. I mean, I don't, I don't see right, the right. Lions being much at all. I mean, probably the, the Vikings are the damn best team they're going to have to face in that division, which, I mean, shouldn't shouldn't be a problem. See, I mean, that 13 wins uh, all day. I think they're going to repeat. I think this is going to be kind of Rodgers, like, you know, last parade, you know, kind of. So, I think, I mean, he's going to be all in. They're, they're going to they'll – be, they'll be contending in the NFC, no doubt. They'll be, you know, trying to trying to inch out Brady or whoever else for that NFC spot in the Super Bowl. Right. Right. Now, listen to you guys. I'm processing. We know what you guys think that Minnesota and Green Bay are going to have extra wins just because it's a coaching mismatch with Mr. Campbell in Detroit and Mr. Nagy in Chicago. <laughs> I think that just your dream. Do you agree with that, Jim? Or? Oh, 100%. Yeah, completely. And, you know, as much as I like Zimmer, you still can't play Stone Age football right. and keep up with the elite teams. And, and that's ultimately his problem. And that's right. why he's not going to ever win anything big. So, yeah, you're you're completely correct. So what do you think about the Detroit uh, Lions? And Mr. Campbell, we're going to hit people in the kneecap, right? That was his first press conference where he said, Scott, what do you think about these guys? <laughs> what do you think about Detroit, Scott? Can we, can we skip them? <laughs> <laughs> All um, right, I'll, I'll do them real quick. No, uh, I, I can do it. Um, no, talent, <laughs> no talent on the offensive side of the ball other than Hawkinson. Right. Um, Goff is more of a game manager. He's not a guy that's going to go out and throw for 200 He can listen with the place called in. <laughs> yes, when, the, when McVeigh's in his head, he can listen to that. Um, I'm troubled by DeAndre Swift this year. I, I I think he's uh he's not going to be in game shape for the first game of the year. That's that's troubling big time. Right. Um, I could see them three or four wins this year. I I just don't. And defensively, this the same as the offense. No, there's not much talent on that side of the ball. Um, I think 
teams are just going to have at it with them, have at it with them. And I would definitely bet San Francisco over Detroit opening day too. Cause I, I just think that's going to be a bloodbath and a mismatch. Yeah. Coaching um, mismatch. Yeah. So I think Detroit's finishing fourth in that division by a long right. shot for sure. So yeah. The Owen 16 Lions. Michael <laughs> yeah, that's possible. That's possible. They just are a curse, man. They haven't been good. And I mean, they just, that that's, they just, they haven't been good in so long. You know, I just feel like they just can't get over the hump and they're not anywhere close now. You but, know, my frustration is that a lot of the personnel they have on defense was brought in for a scheme they no longer run. It was brought right. in for Matt Patricia. A lot of those guys are left. And then they really added some retreads like Nick Williams, who showed some flashes. But overall, you don't want him as your starting full-time defensive end. Uh, Michael Brocker certainly has had his day, but it's been quite a while. So, But the one thing that gets lost, and it's sad, is that their offensive line is going to be really good. They ranked 62nd percentiles per Sports Info Solutions last year, and they bring in Penne Sewell at tackle. They have Taylor Decker, who's an amazing tackle. And Frank Ragnow is actually at center, becoming one of the better offensive linemen in the league. Unfortunately, they're not going to be able to do the Dan Campbell ground and pound thing, Anthony Lynn in there, uh, the offensive coordinator, because if they could have some leads, they could do some things with that offensive line. And I mean, overall, Goff should get protection. But at the end of the day, we know his limitations. McVay had to hide him for two years, and his targets aren't great. Tyrell Williams has been hurt a lot, hasn't really been consistent. Rashad Perryman's having an awful camp and may not even make it. So it's just frustrating. T.J. Hawkinson will be their best receiver, and that I think that says it all. Yeah, Yeah. again, another family-owned team, the Ford family, hiring – I don't even know what Dan Campbell was. He was the, the, the spirit guy. The Orleans Saints. He was the guy waving the towel. Uh, the Orleans Saints uh, sidelines. Anthony Lynn. Anthony Lynn was a head coach before he was a coordinator. This is the first time he's ever been a coordinator. He's a Parcells guy, Parcells mafia guy, which makes sense with Dan Campbell and uh, Sean Payton. Aaron Glenn is your defensive coordinator. Uh, Goff cannot read defenses, so that's why he's in a simple offense. They're already saying he's only going to throw it twenty. 20 to 25 uh, puts a game, and he's in trouble against the floor, against a Zimmer, right? The, the coaching is going to be a problem in those games. Absolutely. Vegas got him 4.5, right? My four guaranteed wins. Man, four, 17 games, 4 and 13. That's a miserable season. You, you have to look for the four wins they could possibly get right. really hard because I don't see four games on the schedule that they could. They well, have a shot at winning. That's the not thing. saying anything. And, and a lot of these conspiracy theories are because they have a high percentage in their jokes. But you're going to see games, especially at home, right? Because it's $100,000 for sweeps. Extension of drives. Uh, illegal contact. Five-yard penalty. It's, it's a third and 20. Five-yard penalty. Automatic first down. <laughs> the, the Lions drive gets extended. Uh that's what you're going to see. I mean, you're going to have to look at their schedule and look for them coming off a bye. And the team they played just played real physical teams like Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, they have a, a division game afterwards. 
Right. <laughs> like that, like that Jets Rams game last year where the Rams are totally looking ahead to the next week. Exactly. Right. Jets were on a, some extra rest, came right. in, humbled them. Yeah. <laughs> you were listening to the podcast when I picked the Jets because uh, I said that what's his face? Um, Matt Gazer was a bad manager because he put in George Floyd. Black offensive coordinator, but didn't train him. He he picks up uh, the plays, and they were smooth, man. It ended up being the Rams and, and covering. And the crazy thing about it is we predicted it. They were like plus 21 and won the game outright. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was easy. I was laughing. And I didn't say it with Minnesota, but I love betting. Against Kirk Cousins, he was the Washington, and I love betting against him in Minnesota because he gives you that pick six where you can slam your beer and dance. <laughs> the guy puts it back for a touchdown. Kirk Cousins uh, giving up pick sixes, but yeah, that game was a game we were laughing at, and that's the thing about sports betting. It's clever. You get all those all those texts, man. You picked the Jets plus twenty two. You even bought a point. It's a really easy win. You know the Jets are off by fifty points right now. Yeah, so I'm <laughs> laughing. Right, you're having a good time. Been in games, all right. That's that's part of it. So four point five, man, you go under, right? Because the guaranteed wins, they'll cover four times. Doesn't mean they're gonna win four times. Uh, I say that the Lions. There's some people on my Twitter that they're saying the Lions are gonna win twelve games. I encourage those folks to follow the rules. Do not bet your own team. They all know it. They all send me <laughs> messages. I know I'm not supposed to bet my own. Like you're supposed to die in the next <laughs> right? right? So those are your Detroit Lions. And now, uh, uh, Jim, Country's home team, those Chicago Bears and Mr. Nagy, his brother was a good pitcher in uh, major leagues. What about them? What's going on with the Chicago Bears? I think the biggest story of the offseason for them, aside from the obvious Justin Fields coming in, was that their salary cap bound them and they had to let their best cornerback, Kyle Fuller, go. And this defense, since Vangio left, has been losing some talent, gaining some age, not a good thing. And now without their best corner, their second and third corners are Desmond Trufant, Artie Burns. This is not good. And the Bears have yet to unlock Khalil Max. It's his first year in Chicago as a legitimate regular pass rusher. And so, therefore, the Bears' defense is going to be rugged in the offensive line. They lose Tevin Jenkins to back surgery, which that was apparently something that was talked about at his medicals. But the offensive line is going to be a problem again. The defense is going to be a problem if Andy Dalton's in that hopefully that doesn't last long, Fields should be able to run and buy time. But overall, I, they're in trouble because Matt Nagy, since the first year he coached, has not run an efficient offense. He has not taken advantage of the personnel he has. So, therefore, I think this is a team that's trending downward quickly. Yes, and one of the other tenets is uh, the truth is stranger than fiction. Before we go to Scott, one of my favorite books ever – I use it every single day. It's the four agreements, right? And in the four agreements is do not make assumptions, right? The same thing we talked about Ivy League guys. Just because a guy graduated from the Ivy League doesn't mean he's smart. It doesn't mean he or she makes a lot of money. Really doesn't mean anything, right? Do not make assumptions. So you figure him being an offensive guy, he'll be able to run an offense. He's showing not. And then why 
Scott, explain to me this. Why is Justin Fields running, right, in the preseason? Why is he running and then getting hit in the head? Mm-hmm. I I agree with that. I have, I have no idea why. I have no <laughs> idea. I have no idea why he's not starting week one for them. Right. Because Andy Dalton is a in the pocket passer that's probably going to get his, his his head handed to him many right. times right. in week one. Right. So I'm I'm pretty sure Fields is going to be in there very quickly because last year Trubisky was out the first right. first bad game he had. So. Um, and Dalton showed in Dallas last year that he, he not the same quarterback he was in Cincinnati. So, no. um, offensively, it's Allen Robinson. It's the Allen Robinson show. Pepper him with targets. That's what they're going to do. Uh, and David Montgomery, too. That's the that's the other guy. Um, you got to get him a lot of touches. You got to get him going. You got to try to get him on the outside of the interior. You got to try to get him on the perimeter in terms of uh, stretch plays and stuff like that. So, um I personally think the Bears, as I agree with Jim, they're going downward really fast, um, and they've got they've got a lot of holes that they have to work on. Uh, defensively, their their secondary is is not great, and right. uh, you know what they're doing with Mac, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing. What they're doing with him, no clue, no clue. So, um, I, I see an under for them for sure. I I I see a five or six win team for sure, no question about it. So. Yeah, and I think it. I think there's a possible scenario where Dalton and Fields uh, don't finish the year. Um, you know, Dalton goes down. I mean, Fields. I mean, he the running. I mean, he kind of gives me a little RG three vibe. Uh, I mean, I just have this ingrained in my brain when they played Clemson and he spun into that linebacker and got hit in the rib. You know, that rib shot that he could. You know, that they called targeting on the kid. It wasn't even close to targeting. You know, it was, um, you know, and just like, man, you can't do stuff like that in the NFL, man. These guys are a whole nother caliber of physicality. You know, one of you can't, you know, and I, right. You know, I think the, those, those guys that run four, four and I'm two thirty, you know, they, <laughs> they kind of get this like, Oh, you know, like, bro, this isn't cut. This isn't the big 10, you know, where you just take off and you're bigger, faster, stronger. Like you've been your whole life, you know, since you've been in high school, run all over everyone, you know, you, you get in a bad position, um, you know, with their, you know, their O-line situation. So, I mean, it'll, um, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see if, if those guys, you know, can stay healthy. If, uh, if Dalton Good does go down and Fields gets in there early and he's trying to, you know, run all over the place like we've seen in preseason. So, And, and, and also the two points to keep in mind is, one, Fields is going to be a rookie. It, it'll, it might take him some time to pick everything up with the NFL game. And number two, once you go to Fields, that's it. You can't go back away from him again. You got to stick with him. So, yeah. and you got to you got to work through his struggles, and he's going to struggle, obviously. So, um, those two yeah. points right there. One thing is made me a lot of money in sports betting, and I'm fascinated by business. So, I'm, uh, the business of sports. A lot of people in major media and even minor media are compromised or afraid. Uh, where they really shouldn't be because there's really nothing going on because there's so much money. But I made a lot of money with this exact situation. Denver Broncos are in this situation. And in my business life today, <laughs> before the podcast, it, it reared its ugly head because I am not an attorney. But I have two MBAs. I read a lot. So people pay me money when there's uh, an estate 
thing and one of the patriarchs died to be in the room and ask lawyers questions. I can ask very, very good questions. Chicago Bears are currently on the market for $3.5 billion. So what happens is there's this thing called trust where you don't pay any taxes. Trust guys. They know this better than I because I'm poor middle class. I get clients. I want to make money. I want to invest it up. No, stop. Calm down, John. You're a poor middle class guy. What I want is tax mitigation. I don't want to pay any taxes. I want to keep what I have versus getting more. So the trust guy for the Chicago Bears type, Denver Broncos are going through this. And now there's a very messy trust situation with San Diego Chargers. So the trust is... uh. They put the sale of the Chicago Bears for $3.5 billion. That's how much money there's in Chicago, man. Fantasy Gadget. <laughs> We're going to make you a billionaire. <laughs> the, the billionaire fantasy guy from Chicago to commentary. Gets you so it much does. money out of there. So what happens? What does the guy do? When I get paid, I wouldn't do it, but I would get paid for a team. I would do it in a second. We're not paying for backups. And you guys perfectly described that. Uh, keep costs down, right? Because the lower the costs, the more attractive the sale, the more money the family makes. Now, there's a British lint major, and I'll expect you guys to watch this, but I, I was a big fan of Downton Abbey. And the premise of Downton Abbey is a statistical fact, and I have it right there behind me, right there. One of those books, the 80-20 rule. I'll bring it up. 80-20 rule. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> 80% of dynasties, the humans evolved in 600 year cycles, 80% of dynasties are broke by the third generation. 80% of professional athletes are broke. Uh, all of us here on the podcast have a larger net worth than 80% of the guys who play in the NFL. What does it have to do with Chicago Bears win total? Again, second half of games, second half of seasons, I question their depth. Khalil Mack goes down. They're, they're in big trouble. Andy Dalton, he's the cheapest quarterback you can get out there. Uh, the, the cost, the McCaskey family has been cheap for years. Mm-hmm. Right? Even mm-hmm. the Chicago Cubs, what, they destroyed the team, right? They get rid of Madden. They get rid of the guys that want – oh, we got to get rid of the guys that want to score a series. We don't want to play for those playoff games or the travel for the World Series. So the Ricketts family get rid of, get, got rid of them. And remember, Trump threatening the Ricketts family. I know secrets about the, the Ricketts family. So, is Claire McCaskill really running the team? She's the owner, 95. She's 95. So, you're going to see a lot of Twitter. You see the Twitter feed, a lot of betting against the Chicago Bears in the second half of the game. And uh, they're not going to have depth. And I feel those easy wins for Minnesota sneak in there a little bit with a Marine mentality in Green Bay uh, because Chicago, they're like Denver. Denver basically is tanking. Another formula, uh, another team out of trust is Houston. We'll get to them next week. So those are your Chicago Bears, the finance of sports, but monetizing it, right? Making a profit off of the Chicago Bears are for sale for $3.5 billion. I mean, they're trying to keep the cost down. All right. So the next thing we're going to talk about, we're done with the central. Now we got 
the dirty South in the West. How about those Atlanta Falcons, Scott? What are your thoughts? It's not good. Their defense is, is beyond awful. Um, <laughs> they're, they're a sieve. They're going to give up a lot of points. Um, Arthur Smith's coming over. That, that offense is nowhere near what, what, the, what he had in Tennessee. Right. Um, I don't know how Mike Davis is going to do the whole season. As we talked about, the season goes on. He, he regressed a lot last year. So, uh, you know, it's going to fall on the arm, the, the shoulder of Matt Ryan to Calvin Ridley, I think, their offense. And Pitts, too. Those three guys are going to have to perform up, up way above what they, what they have in the past for, for Atlanta to, to uh, Pete. I see them in a bad situation where it's four or five wins at the most. Right. At the most. They're over under for the season. Your Atlanta Falcons is actually 7.5. So that's a good under, right? Yep. Yep. In the longer season, I think you're going to see bigger collapses with teams. Yep. Long losing streaks at the end. A lot of uh, giving up. Uh, before I go, uh, Jim and then uh, Shad. All right, so what we're looking at here is, first of all, the offensive line. They've invested draft capital in the line. It hasn't panned out. They've missed on their picks. So their offensive line is a sieve. And the problem is their defense has – they got Grady Jarrett, one of the best players in the league, but they don't have a whole lot else. They're not strong at any level of the defense aside again from Grady Jarrett himself. Tyler Davis is decent at the nose tackle. However, they're going to trail most weeks. And with that offensive line being weak, Matt Ryan – I remember Julio Jones, when he was leaving Atlanta, said that he feels Ryan lost a little bit off his fastball. And I agree with that. And I think he's 36 now. And I think that he's going to continue to slide and more pressure because of bad game script, poor offensive line. And, And I get it. He has Calvin Ridley. And we don't know what Kyle Pitts will be. But I think at the end of the day, Matt Ryan's in trouble this year. And if any more decline is coming, it's a huge problem. 100% 100% agree. 100% agree. And I have a financial reason why they're not paying for backups and their fire sale for Julia Jones. But, Chad, go ahead with uh, your line of pockets. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I they're, they're going to be an interesting team. I feel like, you know, ever since their Super Bowl run, you know, that heartbreak loss of the Patriots, they've just kind of been just 500 every year. You know, they can't seem to figure out um, – so, man, I, I, I think they're going to be a wild card team. I think they could potentially, uh, you know, with the Saints being being down without Drew Brees, um, possibly be up there, maybe maybe give the Buccaneers the best competition uh, in that division. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't got too much on them, guys. Yeah, so the party's over, right, for Home Depot. Uh, <laughs> you can't get called DoorDash to deliver lumber. And the party's over. It all just gonna happen with refinance. Everybody refinance. They think their house is a bank. Refinances every year. Uh, my best advice is never refinance. So what's gonna happen is that uh, Home Depot is gonna lose a lot of money now. Inflation. So lumber, lumber shortage. Lumber costs five times as much as it did before. So those uh, fixer uppers. They see all those TV shows. That are, that's that's it gonna end right. The boom. That's busted again. It was like uh, my wife, the bending money goes first. <laughs> the piggyback is the NFL team 
the backups go first. <laughs> it's a bad – if you're a backup linebacker or a primo backup linebacker, defensive lineman, it's bad news for you. So Atlanta is going to go on the cheap. All right. Uh, let's go with uh, Tampa Bay, the Carolina, and New Orleans. This is the last one I'm in for, so I'm going to give it a little uh, update on Tampa. I had to get like five, hour, five hours of sleep to, to function. Oh, yeah. Sorry about this. <laughs> yeah. But um, it is, yeah, it's rough ones. So the beauty with Tampa Bay was last year we had the COVID camp. And right. so nobody practiced together, and we could tell the chemistry was not there. Grok was getting back into shape from a uh, retirement. He was getting a little better as the season went. I think he'll be much better this year. Brady really had no chemistry with his receivers off the bat. Now that is gone. The second, they picked it up in the second half of the season, and so they're going to hit the ground running. And they were able to spend the draft building depth on their team, and they retained everybody. Right. So this is an outstanding opportunity. They have depth across the board. They have experience in the offensive line. The, um, they have pieces at all levels of the defense. So, I, again, I think San Francisco can definitely challenge them, but they're going to be a tough team to knock off because of the depth and the high-level talent they have. And if Brady was playing on a torn MCL, which not sure of that, that's even crazier. Big time. Absolutely uh, crazy. Yeah, what is it, Scott and Chad? I'm huge on Tampa Bay this year. I think uh, returning everybody. Um, I can see them winning 13, 14 games easily and uh, being back where they were last year in the, in the title game. Um, I think Brady knows how to, how to go about repeating. I think Brady knows his experience as uh, as a as a back-to-back champion is is well known. So um, I think Tampa is going to win that division rather easily, and I think they're going to get back to the uh, Super Bowl again. So th- they're my pick in the NFC for sure. They're twelve wins, Chad. Twelve wins. Yeah, over under. I can see them being twelve five. Yeah, I think. I mean, you got to go over. I think. I mean, like everybody they've retained. Um, and I mean, what they've added, I they they're gonna be, they're gonna be tough to beat. Uh, they're, I mean, they're my Super Bowl favorite. They're my Super Bowl pick. I think they're gonna handily win that division. Uh, if I, I think, I'd have to go over twelve, especially with that added game. You know, this year twelve and five, um, with that extra game, I think they'll go over twelve. You know, I go back and forth on it because they're happy eleven and six in the playoffs. Because they want to yeah. go slow and steady. Twelve could go either way. It's something I, I would not put money on. Yeah, now, no, there's there's no inefficiency there. But if I had a gun to my head, I'd probably right. I'd go with the over. But uh, it's not. There's not a big market inefficiency there. Not a lot of value in that that pick at all. Yeah, Daddy Glazier came to my restaurant. And told me to count every spoon, every fork. The kids have rebelled against them a little bit, but they did well buying a piece of Manchester United. Because it wasn't just the, uh, the profit they made it, the contacts they made. And their wealth has built exponentially. So they used to be billionaires, Joel and the other brother. Now they're around, you know, $50 billion B. So they are splurging on the football team. And they got great management. Uh, a Belichick guy, the general manager, and Bruce Arians spent a year learning. Things change. He spent a year at a coaching, learning, going to Nick Saban's camp, going to different camps around the, the country, 
picking up pieces. And then Todd Bowles is always he made me a lot of money, man. I mean, the, the Jets again, they won like maybe four games that year. The Geno Smith got punched in the jaw year. They only won like four games, but they covered almost every game because Todd Bowles, the great defensive strategist, he proved that, right? He proved that in the Super Bowl, winning the Super Bowl, and catching that ticket for us. So Tampa Bay is solid. Now, Carolina is interesting, right? Uh, interesting to me because analytics does not work in football yet. So it might be changing. Uh, and they're around 30 and six. So I've been 30 and six betting against the spread against uh, analytics teams. It used to be Detroit. I don't know if Detroit going to be analytic. Carolina definitely is. And Cleveland definitely is. Carolina and Cleveland started covering a little more at the end of last year. Kind of noticed that. So it'll be interesting where they go full on analytics. Carolina, uh, what are your thoughts, uh, Scott and then Chad? Well, McCaffrey didn't really play a lot last year. I think he played three or four games. So having him for a full season will be key. Right. Um, Donald hasn't has not played a preseason game yet. So that's that's very interesting in terms of getting a new quarterback acclimated into a new system in a game situation. So that'll be interesting week one, if he doesn't play this coming week. So um, the, the number is pretty good for them. Seven, seven and a half, right, right in that area. Um, they're going to probably finish with, with about that win total. Um, you know, but it all starts with McCaffrey on for, for Carolina. Um, they have really good wide receivers, really good wide receivers. Robbie Anderson is, is good. DJ Moore is underrated as a wide right. receiver. And then they just draft, they drafted Marshall in the draft. So he's good. They're, so those three are going to, you know, are going to be the, the passing game. So, but it's all with McCaffrey. That's where it starts with them. Yeah. And what do you guys think about the defense? Matt Rule is a defensive guy, smart guy, because he's kind of like Jed Finch at Arizona. He hasn't won anything. He, last time he actually won, like a conference title or something, is when he played linebacker, the walk-on linebacker for Joe Paterno at Penn State. Uh, he coached uh, Temple, and they were bad, bad, bad. He tied for a conference title in the AAC. And then he jumps to Baylor, and he does not – he wins big in Baylor his second year, but he did not win the Big 12 title. He gets killed in the bowl game. Next thing you know, he's making $7 million a year as a head coach of your Carolina Panthers. And last year, they had a mediocre year. What do you think, Chad? Yeah, you know, I kind of like them to go. You, you had seven and a half or seven? Seven and a half, I think I saw this morning when I looked. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of like them to go over that. I think they have, uh, you know, a, a pretty good defense. And I um, I think with that receiving core and a healthy McCaffrey, if, if Darnold's, you know, it might be one of the best situations Darnold's been in. It Obviously, it's way better than any New York situation he's been right. in. Um you know, McCaffrey's out here. So he, he's a California guy with Darnold. So I know, uh, you know, they, they spend time together in the offseason. They they uh, have a little off-the-field chemistry. Right. Um, so I think you might see, like, the – I think McCaffrey will have his best receiving year out of the backfield, um, being that check down, being, being – I mean, he's a great receiver. I mean, he, he's a great receiver besides, you know, that connection with Darnold. Um so that'll be interesting to see him as a receiver this year, that connection with Darnold and just 
how Darnold, you know, we've only seen him as a jet, you know, in, in right. bad situations. You know, how is he going to adapt to a, a team that's not the worst bottom three teams, you know, middle of the pack team with some good receivers, you know, a good, a solid defense, you know, a top running back, uh, MVPs like running back. So um, I think they're going to be a fun team to watch. I, I like them to go over. I think they could, uh, that division, you know, with Breeze being gone, I think they could, you know, possibly inch out uh, the Saints and the Falcons and, and, and maybe find themselves, you know, uh, nine and seven uh, or I guess nine and eight, 10 and seven and, and sneak in there to a wild card spot. I think they're a, uh, a, a good I think there there would probably be a wild card pick for me I think so as well uh I think early they'll do some crazy stuff because of analytics but I like Matt rule the fact that he gets off the script not like Matt Patricia right Matt Patricia got analytics wrong analytics gives you information to make the right decision it does not make the decision for you <laughs> Matt Patricia was right there saying it in interviews I'm letting analytics make decisions for me can't do that. Uh, so I can see uh, him making th- those types of, of adjustments. Darnold scares me, right? Because Darnold, when he was at, at USC, a lot of the great plays he made weren't plays uh, that were part of the office. And those type of plays, yet he hasn't been able to get away with in the NFL. However, he does have wheels. He does have more experience. I think he's going to be more comfortable this year in Carolina. So they got a lot of smart guys in Carolina. So I can see Carolina being over, as you guys are saying. And then they're New Orleans Saints. And uh, I graduated here from South Florida, so they call them the Florida State Criminals. Uh, impulse control issues. Because he's a DZN personality. He raped that girl in college. He steals from the grocery store. And then he goes in the NFL and throws a lot of interceptions because of impulsivity issues. Uh, you know, Champagne has anger issues. I see this going south, uh, south, uh, real fast in the second half of the season. Uh, I think the mustard is off the hot dog, as Chikarn uh, used to say. In New Orleans, small market, remember inflation. The small market, not a lot of money in New Orleans, a lot of crime, not a lot of money in New Orleans. People really, LSU is more popular in that part of the world than the Saints. Who does that say going to beat them Saints? Uh, man, what's the, what's the win total? It might be inflated, I would think. Uh, I think it's nine. I think the nine. win total is nine. Eight and a half or nine somewhere. Yeah, with 17 game season, I could beat them being nine and eight. But I don't know about James Winston winning nine games. You're going to have yeah, to no, get I some luck. I think under. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's a good number, not too much inefficiency, but if you got to pick, you know, if you're, if you're right, I think, I think I lean to the under for sure. Yeah. Yep. All right. You agree, Scott? I totally agree. No, yeah, there's no receivers. <laughs> I mean, who's catching <laughs> the ball? Right. Besides Kamara, obviously Kamara, Callaway could catch a few ball, you know, could have a, a big explosive game once or twice. No Michael Thomas for the first half of the year. That's that hurts that's a gonna lot. be huge. Yeah, that's yeah. gonna hurt a lot. Who's no, gonna no. catch the ball the, the backup quarterback? Taysom <laughs> yeah, Hill out Taysom Hill the H back into the flats. <laughs> right. Yep. Actually, I really I think early in the season you're gonna see a lot of that. A lot of the, just safe throws from Winston. Uh, because I think he's afraid because he, he really does not know he's he's too impulsive. 
throwing off. It's- they could be. They could finish last place in that division. I, I, I think I right now my preseason. If I'm picking it, I'm going Tampa, Carolina, Atlanta, New Orleans. That's yeah. my preseason pick yeah. for that that division. Yep, I agree. Agree. All right. So we got our last division. If this is the most thorough podcast. <laughs> but there's money involved. <laughs> so we're, we're doing research to monetize. Uh, got. Let's start with your Seattle Seahawks. What do you think, uh, uh, Scott? Uh, I've been a huge Russell Wilson fan for a lot of years. He, he, talk about consistency. That's, right. that's, the, that's the model of consistency. Um, in terms of their running game, uh, if Chris Cosman gets hurt, I don't know what you're going to get out of that running game. Could be a lot of DJ Dallas, a lot of right. Rashad Penny. Um, wide receivers, one of the better groups in, in the NFL, I'd say for sure, with Lockett and Metcalf. Metcalf's a beast. Um, on defense, they just signed Adams to to huge contract, so he's one of the best safeties in the game, obviously. Um, cornerbacks, they lost, they lost uh, one of them, so um, – they're at 10 wins. That's a lot of wins for that division. Nine right. and a half or 10. That's a lot of wins in that division. That division is going to be competitive all year. So right. if I had to lean one way, I'd lean to, to the under on that. Yeah, the coach is so good that I made a lot of money. We're running cover before just going to the outs. And whoever got to out coach for them to come back. And Carol gets that coach. He's a defensive guy. Game's going under Seattle covers. Same thing with Shanahan. Like they sort of, maybe they sort of, uh, man, in Arizona, it's always a coaching mismatch. Because Clingsbury, head coach at Texas Tech, head coach, Arizona's never had a winning season. God bless him, he's making $4 million as a head coach, never has won, uh, had, had a winning season. Uh, you make three first down with your legs, you win 70% of the time. Pete Carroll 100% believes in that. Uh, he takes over both the offense and defense like uh, Belichick does the last four games of the season, late in the season. Uh, he makes adjustments. And he takes over. He puts on a headset. He's calling the defenses and offensive plays. Russell Wilson begged for him, just like, give me one lineman. All I want is one lineman. So they paid for that one lineman. The fact that they overpaid for that safety tells me that Pete Carroll, who's won Super Bowls, three national championships in a row, knows something about something. So this might be a very interesting year for Seattle for them to maybe win another division and go deep in the playoffs. What do you think, Chad? Yeah, I think Scott hit it on the head with consistency. You know, they're 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 gonna win eight or nine games at worst, you know, right. guaranteed. They're gonna do that. They could they potentially go over that and and win that division and be a uh, a playoff contender. I think I don't know what do you guys think about this. I think their hardest competition for that division is probably going to be the Rams there with Stafford. Um, Man. You know, then yeah. Long shot but, by the 49ers. Yeah. Carter we'll go to the LA Rams. I, I went to the uh, practices, had a good conversation with a defensive uh, line coach. He's going to be seeing injuries as the season goes along. Uh, they're not doing as much hitting as I would prefer them to do. Uh, Morse is like Aaron Rodgers in the floor situation. He doesn't give a damn 
And I saw his uh, attitude too. He's going to do what he wants. Like Jay could tell him something and he'll, he'll yes him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. And then he'll do whatever he wants on defense. So I see as the season rolling along that being sort of a problem. Uh, putting my business consulting hat on, McVay looks like a people pleaser. People pleaser smiles in your face. It's really vindictive about it. He's smiling in golf's face the whole time, but he hated golf, right? People pleasers never really end up well. They might do well in management, but they get promoted to the level of incompetence. So the Rams, almost like a paper tiger, they yeah, just they sneak in. But I think Phillips, the defensive guy, old-time coach, did a lot of good. He was an old guy. He understood when Bay was a people pleaser. And he knew how to kind of blend things together. Raheem Morris, not at all uh, cranky, notoriously cheap. Uh, there's a big drop-off between uh, you know, good backup here and there and the second team in the rest. Uh, I felt like I could jump on and be on the second team with the rest. I felt like jumping over the fence <laughs> and taking a spot out of the second team. Uh, so that, that's what I feel about the Rams. And the Rams, Stafford, he, his body looks frail for an NFL quarterback. He's not Warren Moon-ish. Uh, he, I think that he has more injuries. It's like Todd Gurley. He has more injuries uh, that they're leading on. And plus, what, it's his 14, 15 year in the league? Yeah. He's going to have that. Yeah. He's going to have that. Yeah. So that's the other thing, too. I mean, to watch it, I would do, like, the Drew Brees thing. Uh, I don't think he could really throw bombs anymore. Or if he does, they're going to be kind of blobs. He can't, I don't think, gun it in there anymore. You really don't have to in the NFL. But it's just a clue to maybe more things going on. So the Rams are going to be interesting from that perspective. But they have a brand-new stadium where they're going to play the NFL. They're going to play the Super Bowl. What does that mean? That means they're going to get a call this year. Teams with new stadiums get the call. Illegal contact. They're down 25. Illegal contact. Five-yard penalty. Automatic first down to extend the drive in SoFi Stadium. That's the Rams. The Rams are at 10 and a half. Yeah. Yeah, they're predicted to win that. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's the highest win total in the uh, in that in the NFC West. But I say four losses in just in the NFC West. Yeah. They're, they're splitting with it, right? Yeah. Maybe they'll get 2-0 against Arizona, but they'll lose once to San Francisco. Yeah. And twice to Seattle. I think you I think you got to go under that honestly. Yeah, you got to go under. Because I mean, yeah, I mean I, I think with the 49ers and the Seahawks, yeah, I mean those four games, I mean they're easily liable to drop three of those. Right. And then the road games. You're going to drop three or four road games. So that's yeah. six seven losses right yeah. So 11 yeah. and 6 is what I see. But plus they're a, plus they're they're almost a one-dimensional team. Who knows what Daryl Henderson's going to do? Who who yeah. knows? He's hurt right now. Again, right. so the teams are gonna are gonna sit back and dare them to run against them instead of throw the ball. So ten and a half is a huge number, huge number in that division. I don't I don't think they can get there. Right, and you hit the nail on the head with the one dimension. The hardcore Rams fans were depressed about Cam Akers being hurt, mm-hmm. but that happens in the NFL. You need two guys in concrete, cranky. Uh, uh, being cheap, and he got hosed with SoFi Stadium. SoFi Stadium was supposed to be $5 billion. It's $7 billion. It ran over $2 billion. Where's that money going to come from? Backups. 
right? So, uh, and and again, I can quickly I can quickly tell you the guy they traded for, the backup running back, no great shakes in Sony Michelle. So yeah. I don't, you know, Henderson, if Henderson goes down, they're gonna they're gonna have a tough time with Michelle. So, and something interesting, another pattern I noticed listening to guys in this podcast is uh, Mark Rick used to do, and I think Kirby Smart's kind of doing it at Georgia. They're kind of like USC, a country club program. They have a bunch of four or five stars, prima donna guys. That when they get into the NFL, they're done, right? Sony Michelle, some other guys you were talking about today, kind of fits in that. So that's a good tip on Sony Michelle. You saw him in the Patriots game. Many times. <laughs> two, two yards and that's it, basically. So Right. right. He didn't have that blocking of that Georgia off the – off the line against the inferior talent. Right, right. So the last team I'm going to – we're going to talk to today before we get to next week, AFC, man, and then we get into the season. Very excited. I'm getting excited. Getting fired up. It's the Arizona Cardinals, the Bidwell family, notoriously cheap. I don't know the last time the Bidwell family has been in the playoffs. They moved from St. Louis there. Uh, we get a very cheap head coach. You got a high school quarterback, like five seven, from uh, Oklahoma. I thought C.D. Lamb made that team really. Uh, that, that Oklahoma team went to the playoffs, but Clingsbury never got USF, University of South Florida, beat Clingsbury. Charlie Strong beat Clingsbury in a bowl game. Suddenly he's the head coach in Arizona. Uh, they're getting good talent. They got a good defensive tackle. Uh, defense is going to be interesting, but they are at – what's the win total, Scott, for them, Arizona Cardinals? I saw this morning it was eight. 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 So 17 games, eight and nine. That's, pretty, I mean, that's a pretty good total, yeah. That means Kingsbury will not return next year if he, they go eight and nine. No. He'll be done. Right. Well, he's never had a winning season as a head coach. And what's the, what's the San Francisco win total? So we got it's uh, San Francisco's ten and a half with the Rams. Yeah. So the wow. So the Rams and the 49ers are ten and a half. The Seahawks right. are at nine. The Cardinals are at eight. Right. Yeah. I think they right. have it backwards. There's no right. way San Francisco gets to eleven wins. No. So if you can get eleven, they get bitted up by uh, the San Francisco fans going over the hill into Nevada and betting that to eleven. Pick San Francisco in the end. They don't have a quarterback. I want to talk about one dimension. And the guy's arrogant. He, he doesn't he, – he thinks he can win a game without uh, throwing one pass. The, the NFC, I could see each team in the NFC West having three losses in the division. Yeah. Very easily. Very, Very easy. easily. So, yeah. Yeah, I think I mean, you got to go yeah. Seahawks over, Rams, 49ers under. Under. And, and the Cardinals, I, I would probably – if I under. got into my head, under – under, Otherwise, yeah. stay away from that. Stay away stay from away. that. Yeah. 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 And the, this is the undercurrent, right? I wish it wasn't true. And I have to check my thinking during the NBA playoffs. But the COVID situation, right? People with Pfizer, I had Pfizer, and I felt weak lifting. People with Moderna, anybody who had Moderna, they're out of month. A team like Clinsbury with a head coach is a joke. Naggy. The guys, the young guys in Philadelphia, when things go south, I think they're really going to south. You might see them way under this win total. Uh, I 
I can see uh, Arizona winning six games, being six and eleven. You know, they're running the you know the old school running shoot. Uh, he hasn't really evolved it from Texas Tech. And he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't change his offense based on what the defense is doing in game no. situations. He, he's just stubborn enough to say, "This is what we're doing. We're not changing." You know, you guys are stopping us. Let's see you stop us a couple more times. And, <laughs> and that's not doesn't work in the NFL. Does not work in the NFL. So and the NFL guys and Chad can speak to this. NFL guys are in better condition, so you can't just. Uh, Make the defense tired every single game. That can't be your strategy in every game. Yeah, no, it's not going to work. Not in the long run, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, that's it. Uh, the only team we didn't hit really San Francisco, but we talked a lot about them throughout the year. Scott and Chad, what are your thoughts on San Francisco for the Niners? Ten and a half is too big. I mean, it's yeah. big of a number. I mean, Garoppolo. Starting a quarterback for the season, how long he starts, I don't know. I can't believe he's still starting for them. I can't believe it either. Um, their running situation, yeah, he he rotates the running backs, but there's really not a, a, a number one there. I think Sermon is going to become that, but it might be till late in the year. Um, Kittle, Kittle always gets hurt. That's another. That's another underlying. Yeah, he was Hey, Chad Nolan is bigger than Kittle. Yeah, so, I bet Chad Nolan can bench press more than Kittle. Kittle's got that WWE mindset. That. That, you know, Kittle's that WWE mindset guy. I'm going to run through you. I want the contact. I, most times it doesn't work. He's going to get he, – he's probably going to get very dinged yeah. up, injured, be out a couple games, and then let's see what you can – Debo can do. Yeah, and that, that, that kind of goes back to what I was talking with with Devontae Smith, you know, like right. – Devontae Smith is the opposite of that. He's a guy that he plays a whole season and doesn't get hit hard the whole year and returns right. punts every damn game. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. you know, where no, Kittle, every time he catches the ball, he's taking a big hit. You know, he's no, and, and the mistake he made, man, it's always good to keep your mouth shut. Because, and I'll, I'll repost this. Uh, I saw a hype little Kittle on Twitter. <laughs> he, I had just come back from the gym. And I had Ben Spritz 225 18 times, which I think is pretty good for 50-year-old guys. Then I see Kittle on a hype bill video, Ben pressing 225 seven times. I was like, come on. You're doing a hype middle and you're only doing 225 seven times. So then I, I put a video and I put it on his thread of me doing 315. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to see you do 315, Kittle. His arms are skinny. Uh, I'm surprised he's in San Francisco the way Shanahan thinks. There has to be some sort of connection. And the point I'll make with San Francisco is they could very easily only win seven games this year. Right. It's very possible with them. I mean, the range I see them like last year. Yeah, yeah, I see them like last year. They're out of it late in the window random game. Uh, like we've been on when they, they covered Arizona. That was easy because that's a coaching mismatch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm going under in San Francisco. That's an inflated line. Too. Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley, these guys are betting $100,000 a game, and they don't know anything about football. So all Silicon Valley is, is driving over to Nevada and betting San Francisco. So, man, this is a phenomenal podcast. I knew we are going to have a ton of things. 
We have more information than anybody's getting out, out there. But it's for a reason, right? Purpose and outcome. So before I give you uh, Winston Churchill, next week is going to be EMC. Final thoughts from Scott and Chad. So uh, my thoughts on the NFC are basically it's it's Tampa Bay, Green Bay, and then the, and then the drop off comes a little bit. So um, drastic drop off. Yeah, I just think Tampa's in a great situation to to run through the NFC again. Um, I I don't really see anybody except for injury stopping them because they have a quarterback there that that knows how to go about this and do it time and time again. So that's invaluable to to a team. So. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Tampa, Green Bay. Uh, my wild cards, I think, are going to be Washington and Carolina. And then, you know, the NFC West, you know, whoever can, uh, you know, battle it out and, and win that one, I think, you know, she will definitely contend. I mean, maybe they get right. just beat up from that schedule of beating each other up all year and they 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 don't peak at the right time. Uh, but that's, that's, that's how I see it going. Yeah, um, Listening to you guys and processing the information. Bruce Arians, I know businessmen think short-term salesmen. I mean, businessmen and women think long-term. But if he is riding a steady ship, goes 12 and 6, and Seattle goes 12 and 5, Tampa Bay has to play the NFC Championship in Seattle in the cold old quarterback, I can see Seattle sinking in there. Because Pete Carroll, when he does something, he does it for a reason. Overpaying for that uh, safety, which is key in his defense. Overpaying to get an extra lineman for Russell Wilson. He feels really good about this team. Uh, He goes into your cycle. So this is going to be a cycle for Seattle. Right? And Carolina is going to depend on Matt Rule getting off that that script. That's a smart guy. Uh, High-level intelligence is situational intelligence as well. So, man, this has been a phenomenal podcast. A lot of money-making information. I'll put our consensus picks on Twitter. And I will lay down a few wagers. You know, uh, the ones I like betting on totals are the ones that are really clear-cut when I see uh, an obvious inefficiency. I thought Dallas was huge inefficiency. Washington to win the, the NFC East really seems like a good pick. And uh, Dallas under 11. So I'll, I'll shop around, try to find under 11 win because the, 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 the owner's crying on national TV. He knows he doesn't have a good team. Dak Prescott is hurt. He's going to play his first part of the season. hurt. So Ezekiel Elliott is unreliable. The defense is horrible. <laughs> so there's no way that you're getting 11 wins. But we always close with Winston Churchill. And it's the truth, right? You get older, you always make 10 times more from giving than getting. Winston Churchill said, get us out of World War II. We make a living from your labor, but you make a life from what you give. Thank you for listening to the ESBC Podcast Network. That's why this one goes $800, and that goes to work. And I don't know what that costs. I'm going to work. That's why I work.